Like, what's good? Yeah, man. Chilling, man. What's up with you, man? I'm straight, bro. You know, I'm cool. You know, glad to be back <laughs> one more time, my guy. Yeah, man. It's always a good time when we get together here at the Sports Desk, my boy. Yeah, you know, we're going to talk a lot about, uh, you know, everything today. But, Black, did you see last night where they were talking about the Air Jordans? Yeah, I did, man. There was a certain pair that was on there. Um, the Chicago Ones. Yeah. Like, how do you feel about those? Well, uh, I was at a point yesterday, and while they were showing it, I was like, I was getting this itch, you know. Uh-huh. You know, this itch to go on my phone and let me see what's on here. Okay. You know, and let me see if they're going to do a special release uh-huh. or something yesterday. But I didn't get that, you know. But, uh-huh. uh, man, just seeing those uh, seeing those ones, man, and seeing them on Mike feet for his last game in the garden with the Bulls, man, it was, it, it was special to watch, man. Facts, facts, facts. That's good, Black. Well, guess what, Black? I have a pair of those Chicago oh, ones. I know. Okay, I have a pair that I never wear. And I went on a uh, shout out to my boy PJ Durrell. Uh, <laughs> he let me know that uh, StockX is, you know, selling the Chicago ones for $1,400. Yeah. Now, Black, I already told you this today. Any one of our listeners, if you got $1,000, you can have a size 12 <laughs> pair of Chicago ones today. You can DM me. You can you can text me. Hell, you can build a billboard and put, put, put my name on it. I'll find you somewhere. So I'm just letting you know, you know, that size 12 pair of Chicago ones can be yours today for $1,000. On yeah, sale. Like, on that sale, sale price. Because, yeah. you know, Stock S14. Stock S14. You know, so I'm going to shoot it to you for That's the, a great uh, sale, D. Yeah, great I'm going to shoot it to you for the thousand. So y'all, y'all hit me up, man. Invest. We got to invest. We can't be the same old Dolphins we was. We got us a coach. I love the coach. I love the team. I love with the direction. But we got to take tour. If you don't, if you don't disagree, come on, nigga. Tour tackle of Leoa. QB Alabama. His very first move as the executive was to sign Lamar Odom, who was on crack! Alright. Alright, man, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back to another episode, man, of the Reduced Lunch. Action Sports News Desk, man. This is episode 56. It's your man's one more time. One of your favorite sports sportsologists, Dedrick L. Hicks Jr. in the building. And it's your man, Black. One of your favorite sports sportsologists back in the building for another episode. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And of course, we are granted and just, just, just ordained by his presence. We have the one, the only, one of your favorites, <laughs> Freddie Bricks. What's good, Fred? What's good? What's good? What's good? Good, Hello, good. everyone. Yes, sir. Yes. <laughs> so we are glad to have Fred back in the building with us, man. Got a lot to cover today. We're going to get into, of course, The Last Dance. Episodes five and six took place yesterday. We're going to break it all down, man, and give our, our thoughts and our opinions on what we witnessed last night. Of course, we got our start cut, start bench of cut. We got our top five 
Sound of the week. We're going to talk a little UFC as well. The MMA worldwide leader is back uh, this Saturday, uh, May 9th on ESPN. So we're going to talk about that as well. And we're going to get into some other news and we're going to get out of here. So a couple of people hit me up last week, Black, saying they did not appreciate the short episode. Oh, wow. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, I, I say, hey, hey, my bad. You know, if you didn't notice the sports disc, had about 20 episodes last week. Yeah, you we know did. What I'm so, <laughs> we was on the road last week. Right, right. But we're back. We're back to our regularly uh, scheduled timing and show. All right. So we're going to make sure we give you all that you need uh, going into this lovely week. All right, man. Uh, let's go ahead and kick it off. Black, you know what time it is, don't you, sir? Shout out John Snow and them boys. All right, here we go. This week, start, bench, or cut black. You know, last week, you know, we did we did some running back play, man. We went out there and hollered at them boys from the U. You know what I'm saying? Talked to little Clinton Portis, talked to little McGahee, talked to little Frank Gore. So while that was going on, one of our supporters, one of the sports test personalities, chimed in and he said he wanted to see. Where your heart was at, Black. Mm. And he has really challenged you this week. So the listener who chimed in and he gets all the credit this week for our start bench of cut is the one and only Cedric Farr. Wow. Cedric Farr. <laughs> Cedric Farr is putting you on the line today, Black. So, Black, are you ready? Yeah, man. Let's go, man. All right, man. He so this. Oh, he does? Oh, oh well, we can't okay. wait to hear that. Korea will just give us one second and we will be more than happy to hear what Cedric Farr has to say. All right, Black, let's get with it, man. This week's version of Start a Bench of Cut. Here we go, Black. Mm, 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 mm. Black, the first candidate, Charlie Ward, quarterback, Florida State University. Second player on the board, quarterback, Chris Winkie, out of Florida State University. <laughs> this nigga... And third player on the board, quarterback, Jameis Winston out of Florida State University. Black, I need to know, man. man. this nigga. Black, who you starting? Who you benching? And black, most importantly, man, who you cutting, dog? And and, and you signed off on this, bro? Yeah, it's great. (laughs) It's great. It's great, bro. I'm excited. All right, man. Sports desk. God. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh. I'm starting Jameis. Mm. I'm starting Jameis. Okay. And I'm going to bench mm. Charlie Ward. And I'm going to hey, cut hey, Chris hey. Winkie. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Black, let me get this right. Just in case everybody did not hear you, I know I played the Kawhi Leonard soundbite there. You were telling me you are starting Jameis Winston. You are benching Charlie Ward, and you are letting Christopher Wenke walk out that door. That's what you're saying, Black. Yes, sir, I am. Okay. I, I, I stand what, what by that. What did you do I, I feel camp? good about that. Okay. All right, yeah. so I'm going to get my two cents because I'm a Florida State alum as well. Uh, but I'm also going to start Jameis Winston. I am going to bench Chris Winky, and I am Ooh. letting Charlie Ward walk right out that door. So, um. 
Yeah, that's all I got. So uh, we letting Charlie Ward yeah. walk out the door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know he was the star of all this, right? I don't care what oh, he started. Okay, all I don't right. care what he started. But I saw Chris Winkie. Right. You seen him too, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. I did. All yeah. right. So, so uh, Freddie, <laughs> Freddie Ricks. Uh-huh. We know this was now we know we we know you we know you don't really care to input this. <laughs> no, I'm gonna this. do the Gator edition. You know you're gonna I'm do saying? the Gator edition. Oh, shout out okay. to you know what I'm saying. I'm okay. Matter of fact, said before I give mine, I like to read what said sent me. Sure. He said he wanted me to read these live on air because he knew y'all would take it from him. So here we go. Okay. One of four schools in the nation have a player selected in every draft in the common draft area. The only school in the SEC. The Gators. 34 players drafted in rounds one through three since 2010. You have Miami with 17, mm-hmm. Florida State at 24, 25, mm-hmm. and you have the mighty, mighty Florida Gators at 34. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to read those stats. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> All right, so Cedric. So Cedric, um, the next time you have any type of... Any type of stats like that that you want to get off and kind of let us know, don't send your henchman over here, Freddie Bricks, you know what I'm saying, to shoot him out like that, you know, live on air, my mans. Uh, he said a couple of did you knows. <laughs> oh, yeah, a couple of did you knows, okay. Yeah, he had to get in there to see it. Yeah, well, shout out my dog, uh, Cedric Farr, for always providing us with great content. But man. I'm going to start Rex Grossman. Okay. I'm going to bench Chris Leak and I'm going to cut Tebow. Ooh. That's how I think I'm going to do it. That's how I'm going to do it. Nah, you let's, say, let's, say that, let's say that one more time. You, <laughs> I'm going to start Sexy Rexy. Okay, I'm, I'm with gonna it. bench Christopher Leak. I ain't with that. And I'm going to cut Tebow. I'm going to cut Tebow. Now you okay, know could you imagine Rex Grossman? On that team, I, I, I'm this, with it. I'm with Russ okay, Grossman. Okay, right, I'm with Russ Grossman. I'm with it. Trust me. I, 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 even though I hate Florida, I love Russ Grossman, dog. So I'm with it, bro. But you saying you, you benching you Lee and cutting Tebow? I, I think, yeah. I, I, I think. Yeah, yeah. I'm after. I believe. If you, I believe Leak would have won. Like he showed you. He showed you that before all the time. Before Percy and all them boys emerged to their prime. He won that championship. So, and Tebow showed you the next year, you know what I'm saying, when the team was kind of vulnerable, I think Chris Leak would have won a championship with that team. You know what I'm saying? We was People got to understand, that's one of the that's one of the best teams of all time. He was the quarterback. But you put Cam Newton on that team. Like, you put a... They lost a game that year. So, Rex Grossman would have been able to win a championship. Oh, I, it would have... Oh, 14-0. and 0. That, that thing you see LSU do this year... The gate that if well, Rex Gross was on it, oh my lord! Oh yeah, yeah, I'm with it. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I thought he was talking about Leak because I was ready to get out. <laughs> so let me chill. I'm glad I understand now. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, that, yeah. Rex Gross was so that dude. Won a natty on that Tebow team. Natty Heisman, oh, everything. Yeah, every, everything. That boy had a cannon. With the defense, boy. you got to think how good with, that defense yeah, was man. with that offense. Yeah, man. We was loaded. Just just how y'all 2013. I agree. I you agree. you that loaded, yeah, bro? They would have went undefeated. Man, why you cutting Tebow though? Like why? I just I just. Okay, if somebody gonna ask me who I want to go up against y'all 2013 team, and we could choose any quarterback we want. I got you. Like, let's say that's the I argument. You. Like, okay. you, we, y'all get to use the team, but y'all don't got it. Y'all can y'all you can replace uh, the okay. quarterback. I got you. I got you. I, I, it's I'm going with Grossman. Rex Grossman. I got you. I got you. And I'm looking at y'all. I'm looking Ramsey on that team, right? I just don't. It's Tebow. I don't see a lot of. You don't think he could have had a lot of I just think playing the third down to get the two-yard run thing, I want to put the ball in there. 
Because I know whatever quarterback y'all going to choose is going to be putting the ball in the air at a high speed. Well, that's all the way going to Kelvin Benjamin and a lot of them boys. So yeah. I want to put the ball in the air at high speed almost every single time. All right. Okay. You know, I mean, so. I'm with you. I mean, I don't really have – and say I know that. Like, even when Grossman was in college, I used to tell him all the time, man, <laughs> Gaffney, Jacobs, and uh, I forgot the other receiver. They came out there with them blue bands on their knees. Who's that, Grace, Caldwell like that? Caldwell. Yeah. Grossman had the blue band on his arm. <laughs> that joker would drop back eight steps, dip that hip, let that thing go, boy. Yeah. I hate it for them, but I love the Grossman. I love Grossman, yeah. man. I love it. Yeah. That was good, man. So, yeah, Mr. Farr, we're going to get at you uh, and get you on here so you can kind of talk to us yeah, about, I need to know, about intruding on the sports desk. I want to know your star bench and cut for them Florida Gator quarterbacks as well. Well, yeah, we're going to hit him up because he, ser- he served you up a nice dish, man. So we, yeah, he did. Yeah, so we're going to hit him up. All right, man. Let's uh, continue on with the show. You're listening to the sports show. Okay. So this week we're going to get into, uh, let's go, our sound of the week. We're going to do our sound of the week, man. And, and this past week, the great one himself, Rocky Mike, yeah, the blood chopper, celebrated a birthday. So the rock uh, celebrated a birthday this past week. So we play a lot of rock here, and we're going to do it again today because he has so much uh, material out there. So check out our sound of the week, man. Rocky, I might be. Chanting his name. Who is the rock going to choose as test tag team partner? That person has to have several traits. Number one, seeing as test is a very big and powerful man. His partner has to be fast. Number two, anyone dumb enough to team up with Test has to be easy (laughs) to manipulate. And number three, anyone who has to stand behind Test to face the rock in a handicap match tonight has to have clearly no testicles whatsoever. (laughs) So you see Michael Cole, Test partner tonight, has to be fast, easy, no testicles. And that person, of everyone the Rock could think about in the Alliance right now, that person has to be Stephanie McMahon Helmsley. <laughs> That's right. Well, that is his choice. So you see, Stephanie, you want to throw a challenge at the Rock, well, the Rock will catch your challenge and throw it right back at you. You, Stephanie, tonight, you and your former fiance, Test. The happy couple, together once again, The Rock can hear the wedding song now. Here comes a test. And the hoe with the enormous breath. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man, so. man so yeah so that was our sound of the week from the great the one and only the rock rocky mike Bia. again he celebrated a birthday uh this week man so happy birthday to the rock man hope you enjoyed your day sir obviously if you just so happen to hear this we hope you enjoyed your birthday all right man so we're gonna get into our top five man let's get busy with it
All right, man. So let's get into our top five this week. But of course, before we do that, man, we have some participation from our top five from last week, man. So uh, we gave uh, uh, we did our top five Air Jordans of all time. Air Jordans only, man. And we had a couple of uh, people hit us up, man, and talk to us, man. So uh, let's run it down real fast. So we have my boy LMB904. All right, not that Larry Bird uh, from Twitter and Instagram hit us up with his top five. He said his number five was the red and black sixes. All right, the first championship shoe from Jordan. His number four was the red and black uh, chrome eights. All right, I think you mean the Bugs Bunnies, the white, red, and black ones. Uh, the number threes, the red and black 13s, the black cat 13s, man. It was his number three. The number two was the red and black 12s, the flu games. Those are his number two. And his number one all time is the bread 11s. The bread 11s is all time. Yeah, that's a Joy. good five, Yeah, that's man. a good yeah. live. Chicago colors through and through. All right, we got my man's Curtis Fuller third chiming in with his top five Air Jordans. He said his number five... He gave me an honorable mention, but we don't do honorable mentions here, bro. So I ain't even gonna read that one. So you know, so your number five, uh, he gave the bread elevens. The number four was the bread ones. Hmm. The number three was the was the 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 cement threes. The black cement threes was number three. The number two was the Concord elevens, and the number one was the Chicago ones. Hey, Fuller, I don't know if you got the Chicago ones. And I don't know if you heard the beginning of this show, <laughs> but if you got $1,000, if you wear a size 12, my boy, you can be the new owner of a pair of Chicago ones, man. So shout out Curtis Fuller and shout out to my boy, Not That Larry Bird, for chiming in and talking to us. Uh, you know, really giving us some feedback on the top five from last week. All right, man, so we're going to get into our top five this week, man. And we got a lot of participation from our listeners. Another live personality from our show, uh, none other than PJ Durrell from the Reduced Lunch Podcast. He chimed in, and he had a pretty good suggestion for a top five uh, this week. And, of course, Black is based around wrestling. So uh, PJ Durrell wants to know, and Fred, listen up, give us, he wanted us to give him our top five heels of all time, our top five bad guys. Of all time in wrestling history, Black. So, Black, go ahead and kick it off for us, man. Give us a top five wrestling heels of all time. Talk to me, Black. Uh, okay, at number five, I'm going to go Randy Macho Man Savage. Yeah. At number five. <clears throat> at number four, I'm going to go The Rock. When he was with Nation mm. of Domination and turned on We that. are the next. I got and then at, uh, at number three, I felt like this could have potentially been my number one. Okay. I'm going to go Randy Orton when he went through his... Mm. His heel with uh, Triple H H and kicking Stephanie McMahon in the face, man. Like, that was a classic heel to me by Randy Orton. And then at number two, I'm going to go my guy. Mr. CM Punk, when he was on his mm. on, on his on his tear mm-hmm. with the pipe bomb, mm-hmm. and and then uh, leading up to him winning that championship against John Cena, he became mm-hmm. a, a, a a crowd favorite. He did on on the back on the after his heel. So mm-hmm. that's uh n- my number two, and then number one, Mr. Hollywood Hogan in the NWO. Uh, the best heel of all times. I don't know how I could be any different. No one in the roar expected Hollywood Hogan okay. to appear. So he's my number one. Okay, okay. Hey, you heard a new episode from the Sports Desk, bruh? Man, turn that other show off, bruh. All right, man. So I'm going to get my top five. That was a great list, Black. That was a great list. All right, for me, my number five. I'm going to go a little old school with mine, too. Mr. Perfect. Is number five. Uh, my Ooh. number five here all the time. Just a disrespectful individual letting yes, you know he that he was better than you at no matter what. <laughs> all right. At number four, man, 
I love this dude, Ravishing Rick Rude. Ooh, yeah. He come out there with the tights, <laughs> the custom tights. And my favorite yeah. one, man, when he had the Intercontinental title, uh, spray paid across the front, and he had Miss Elizabeth sprayed on the back of the tights <laughs> when he was beefing with the Macho Man. At number three, woo, the Nature Boy. Rick Flair. No matter what era he was as a heel, he is up there. And number two, I also got the Macho Man Randy Savage. I love that man. I mean, it depends on what day of the week you ask me. He might be my favorite of all time. Who knows? Yeah. Oh, hold on. Let's, let's be respectful. Let's be respectful. Oh, yeah. All right. And number one, I'm with you, Black. I don't think, I don't think there's been another. There's been stunning moments in wrestling. There has been. Yeah. But when Hogan turned heel <laughs> and turned into Hollywood Hogan, that was the greatest thing in in life that I ever saw. And the way yeah. he carried on that black and white with that black beard, spray painting the NWO belt, being that leader <laughs> of that faction, man, I think Hogan just sold out, man. He did a great job uh, when he was a heel as Hollywood yes, Hogan. Yes, he did. All right, Fred, talk to me, man. You had a little time to prepare over there. So right. give me your top five heels of all time, my man. All right, so for number five, I'm going Big Boss Man. Oh, <laughs> okay. now you gotta live. <laughs> <laughs> Big boss, <laughs> Big boss man has the singular greatest moment in heel history yeah. on cable television. Yeah, yeah. By dragging the big show's yeah. dead father. Yeah. Yeah, the casket crossed the graveyard. <laughs> you know, he got hung in the cage by the <laughs> Like when you think about it, like Big Boss Man has always been there when the WWE needed him to like oh just god. be that guy, that yeah. pet heel. Oh my god, that's number five. Yeah, I gotta kill five. <laughs> Alright, number four, I'm gonna go with Scott Hall. Okay. You know okay. what I'm saying? Hey, you know, yo. guy, even though a lovable heel at the same time, this nigga was a dick. Yes, he was. You know what I'm saying? Yes, he was. Drunk, everything. You know what? I just thought about Shawn Michaels on the mm. set, but I okay, I'm gonna stick with my I got Eddie Guerrero at number three. Okay. Uh, early Eddie. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Before yeah, yeah, Super yeah. Bowl, like early, yeah, early yeah. Eddie. You know, Intercontinental well, State. That cruiserweight, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. You know, he had an uh, edge to him, you know what I'm saying? That made him love with the end. Now, number two, I have Hollywood Hogan. Okay. You know what okay. I'm saying? I got Hollywood Hogan yep. number two. Like, that's definitely, like, yep. if he's not in your... I'll say top five, because everybody got a different preference. So, But he has to be... He has to. Everyone's top five. I mean, he, he bodied the villain role. Facts, bro. And then number one, I'm calling Rocky Mayavilla, <laughs> Nation of Domination yeah, yeah. era. Yeah. I don't give a fuck if he's yeah. the most lovable man in the world right now. As a heel? Yeah, man. Oh, my Lord. I mean, yeah. he laid the blueprint. Yeah. Even though there was already a blueprint, yeah. Rocky showed us, like, visually in front yeah. of our face, like... Yeah. Like even when he won the title and everybody was cheering and when Vince came and helped yeah. him win that title, yep. die Rocky, yeah. die! Yeah. Y'all thought I forgot? Yeah, like you because yeah. I remember being a kid. Like yeah. man, we you really used to say die Rocky, yeah, yeah, die. Yeah, yeah. And for him to say it on stage, yeah, he'd be like, I'm aware of this shit. Yeah. Remember that shit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck y'all. I mean, it's my favorite. I, rock That's dope. With that. That's yeah, dope, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah like, a lot of people forget about that Rock because he was he was just so nasty <laughs> with it. He never wanted to feel. Like yeah, two years straight in never. I mean, match. every match that he won was dirty. He never won clean. This fool, this man was WWE champion for 390 days and never cleanly beat anybody, dog. And that is your definition of a true 
heel, a true heel, man. My God, man. Yeah. All right, cool, man. So that was fun, man. So shout out PJ uh, for for shooting us that idea, man, uh, to talk about uh, the greatest heels of all time, man. So yeah, man. Gonna... Shout out to PJ for that yeah, one, man. Yeah, and we're gonna have PJ in uh, shortly, man, to talk to us, man, about some WWE, man, at a later date. All right, man. So we're gonna get into our tweet of the week, and all this is gonna be wrapped around the last dance, man. Such an incredible. Uh, show last night. Um, of course, Twitter is on fire. Twitter is on fire during events like this, man. And there was so many, so many great tweets uh, that you know I saw last night. But I picked two in particular, man. That was really, you know, just really based and saturated on the early beginnings of episode five, man. And, and I think a lot of our listeners know what that was before we even mentioned. But here we go. I got my man at Worldwide Wob. All right. When the locker room scene was filmed, Kobe had only been in the league for one and a half years, 19 years old, and entering the Eastern and enters the in the entire Eastern Conference All-Star team was already telling stories about playing against him. Wow, a player of that magnitude getting that type of respect, man, that was good to see. All right, next up we got at Isaiah Davis. MJ was his idol. He patented his game after MJ. Every young basketball player has an NBA player who they idolize. It was a lot of players try, who tried to be like MJ, but they couldn't. But Kobe was a beast, and Jordan knew it. He knew that young man patterned his game after him, and it was scary. Jordan knew it was hard. It was it was his heart, and that no one could beat him one on one, but probably Kobe. It was Kobe because he knew Kobe had everything to do with and wouldn't quit on trying to prove it, man. So uh, shout out to Isaiah Davis and shout out to at Worldwide Rob. Hey, shout out Hole, shout out Rose, Rock Nation, MNG, all that. You can get uh, this record on your iTunes, your title, uh, your Google Play, everything like that. Y'all go ahead and check that out whenever you do get a chance. Okay. All right, man. So yeah, man. So those are some tweets, all right, from last night's. Um, uh, episodes of the last dance so before we get going man we're definitely going to uh play our little theme music here uh before we do the last dance because we have so much to talk about man and we are not going to waste any more of your guys's time You guys not allowed? No, I'm just kidding. What time is it? Our mentality was to go out and win at any cost. Jordan is the most talented player in the NBA by far. The show of the 90s, the team of the 90s. How you doing? Whenever they speak Michael Jordan, they should speak Scottie Pippen. We created an image that people want to live up to. I think that's all you can hope for. Either. All right, man. Here we go. Episodes five and six of The Last Dance took place last night, man. Um, and let's go ahead and jump right into it, man. Um, man, such such great content that we're getting, man. So we're going to go over a quite a few uh, amount of topics here, man, talking about The Last Dance. And uh, let's go ahead and kick it off, man. So um, first up, all right, we had the great, uh, the, the, the iconic, uh, the beloved um, Kobe Bean Bryant, man, opened up episode five. 
uh, talking about his relationship with him and Mike. And, and, and it was really good to see him. We're going to play this clip and then we're going to get into our thoughts of seeing Kobe and, you know, how him and MJ talked about their relationship. At that point, Michael provided a lot of guidance for me. Like, I had a question about shooting this turnaround shot. So I asked him about it. And, you know, he gave me a great detailed answer. But on top of that, he said, if you ever need anything, give me a call. It's like my big brother. You know, I truly hate having discussions about who would win one-on-one and your fans saying, hey, Kobe, you beat Michael one-on-one. I feel like, yo, what you get from me is from him. Mm. I don't get five championships here without him because he guided me so much and gave me so much great advice. Yeah, so um, that was the, the late, great, the iconic uh, Kobe Bean Bryant, man. Uh, I just want to say personally, hey, Kobe, man, we love you, dog. We miss you, bro. And uh, it was really good to see you uh, last night. So, Black, let's kick it off, man. Let's get into it, man. Let's talk about Kobe, man, and, and, and what he was talking about with his relationship with Michael. Let's talk about Michael and what he was saying about Kobe. And just the, the, the imagery and the footage that we saw um, between those two superstar uh, basketball players. Yeah, man, I want to start off by saying it as well, D. Kobe, you are truly missed, man. You are truly missed, man. It was good to see your face again in that documentary, man, and uh, shedding a light on, on, on Mike and you, and you and Mike's relationship. But, man, um, it, was tough. it was tough to watch that, man, and see how, you know, we always, we always wanted to know about Kobe and Mike's relationship and, mm -hmm. you know, how it was. And we, uh, we, got, to, we got to see it last night. And, yeah. And it was a part on there where Kobe kind of seemed like he was finna get choked up a little bit talking, you know, about about Mike <clears throat> and how big of an impact Mike had on his life and his his career in the NBA. So, um, <laughs> man, it's crazy. Um, Mike, for Mike to, you know, to show interest in in to show interest in Kobe. And for him to like, you know what, this kid, you know, this kid has something. So, you know, I'm going to, you know, give him the tools that he need and, you know, help him out with some things he need. And then I know Kobe was very persistent as well. So, you <laughs> yeah. know, it was uh, Mike didn't really have a choice, yeah. you know, but man, it, it was it was good to see uh, Kobe, Kobe uh, talk about Mike and how he don't like to hear the comparisons of, you know, him and him and MJ going one on one and. You're seeing everything, and we see it, and we seen it in Kobe's game as he became from a rookie. Because we were we were able to see everything Kobe, everything. Yep. You know, a lot of people weren't able to see everything Michael Jordan, but everybody was able to see everything Kobe. Yep. So to see his game, man, how it looks like Mike, it walks like Mike. Everything about his game was Mike. So it was it was it was good, man, to, to see Kobe in that light. You know, talking about Mike. Yes, sir. Fred, get in here, man. Talk to us, man. Uh, what was your thoughts, man? What was your thoughts on uh, seeing Kobe mm -hmm. and hearing the relationship between him and Mike, man? What you was, what you mm -hmm. thinking? Well, it was great to see Kobe again and uh, most recent, you know, kind of form. Anything we can get, you know what I'm saying, of Kobe. It's always just great to see him. But yeah, Mike really ain't take... You see, like, most of the people he hanging out with in this film is security guards and shit. <laughs> so it's like for him to literally, you know what I'm saying, um... Tell them, man, whatever you need, you know what I'm saying? They was just different animals, you know what I'm saying? It's only Kobe and Mike who will be able to play that way, you know what I'm saying? And, like, 
win and gravitate people because we love that. You love that when you watch a movies. Like you love that type of person in any competitive thing you're watching or doing. Right. So uh, Kobe, yeah, Kobe. It's, it only could be a, a, a Kobe. Or Jordan, just that mentality and be the best player in the league. Because I'm yeah. sure as many of, you know, Gary Payton was a dog too, but he wasn't Michael Jordan or Kobe. So uh, I guess what, like in that uh, sense of not only being the greatest player in the league while you play, but like also just having like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to I'm so tired of using the word killer mentality. Because um, <laughs> it's more, killer mentality sounds reckless. Uh-huh. Sometimes when they talk about Kobe and Jordan, they talk, people talk too Reckless. This man had uh-huh. a beautiful, well put together, studied game. Yes, they were focused and they were stupid and crazy, but most of the time, like you see the focus in these niggas' eyes, like the studying. These are brilliant people, and when people and people talk, people use that against uh, somebody like LeBron is a bad thing. LeBron got it from Kobe Jordan. That's all I'm getting watching this shit. Yeah, you know, and to see Kobe. You know, emulate, and that, and that ain't for Kobe to decide if we think Kobe will beat Jordan. Because I still think Kobe will beat Jordan. Okay. I mean, if my uh, sex tape ever gets out, I don't want people to look at Mr. Marcus and say, "Well, he better than me." Look, I look up to Mr. Marcus, so I don't want to look. It may be better, but I don't want to. You know, you ain't got to do that. I'm flattered. So Kobe, that ain't nothing, you, Kobe. You know what I'm saying? But you're right. Yeah, but Kobe is right. Like this, I'm. I know we're gonna talk about so I'm gonna save my yeah, comments just yeah. on Jordan, but just on Kobe. Okay. You know what I'm saying? It was very uh great to see young Kobe in that all-star yeah, game. Man. Beautiful. I mean fearless. You know, what was he? 19 and half That's all I see was a 19-year-old kid playing with grown men the with gods. mortgages and yeah. kids. The gods and of the bodies, game. you know what I'm saying? Cocaine. I mean like He's men. playing with grown. I mean, dunking from the free throw line, Ooh, and they talking about him in another locker room. They ain't over there talking about exactly. Antoine Walker. They talking about you know what I'm saying? They say that little Laker boy gonna try to yeah. make a one. You, we got to do something about him. We yeah. going and and that's the ultimate respect. And, and I think, and, and I'm gonna say because black men, we we recognize it because that's our love language. That that little Laker boy, like that's a love language yeah, for man. us. Yeah. So I don't know if everybody. I hope everybody did get that from what. Yeah, they were too. saying, me like, well, if they talking about you like that, I mean, that's the ultimate yeah, respect. Yeah. They see you coming. They yeah. got to do something with you. So, yeah. you know, it was great seeing Kobe uh, all in all. Yeah. Uh, for me, uh, of course, man, y'all y'all know me, man. I'm, I'm crying all over again. As soon as I seen in love and memory of them when they came on, I was just so emotional once again. Uh, but it was a different type of emotion because I was eager to see them. I was eager to see them as something new. Uh, a new project, and uh, I was very, I'm very grateful for the opportunity. Um, of course, I've explained my my admiration for uh, Kobe and everything, but we already done that. But let's get to what we saw last night. Um, a few things that I took away from it, man. Like Fred just kind of said, if you grew up wherever you grew up, and if you was in the sports, you know, whether it was perfect, uh, if you was on a team or it was recreation, or you just going outside hooping. If there was a group of older gentlemen out there on the court or on the field or wherever you were, and they saw you coming and they just started talking trash about you, that mean they respect you. Yeah, they would mean they expect what you about to do when you come onto the basketball floor. So when I heard the words that little Laker boy, dog, I start grinning from ear to ear. I was like, man, this kid is 19 and Jordan and Tim Hardaway and Reggie Miller and and all of these guys who are just the gods of basketball right now. They're not talking about they're not talking about Carl Malone in the West. (laughs) They're not talking about John Stockton in the West. They're not talking about Charles Barkley in the West, bro. They was talking about Kobe 
Bryant, dog. Yeah. Kobe Bryant. And I was just shocked to see that. I really was. And it's Michael Jordan. It's Michael Jordan. So that should tell you everything you need to know about what Mike thought about young Kobe. No championship Kobe. No MVP Kobe. Just a pure dog, man. So I really appreciate seeing the interaction in the East locker room about Kobe Bryant. And then uh, just a trash talking on the bench. The game was going on. Oh, yeah. The game was going on. Mike is, you know, sweating profusely. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Chewing on that gum extra hard. And Joe's like, I'm going to make him work on the other end of the flow. I got something for him. I got something for him. I'm going to drag him down deep and I'm going to see what he got. Bro, this is an all-star game. Yeah. This is an all-star game. And Mike was like locked in on that competitive battle with Kobe. And that was just so good to see, man. And, and, and last but not least, man, we never knew the admiration that Jordan had for Kobe. We knew what Kobe had for Jordan. Kobe would never shy away from telling people like Jordan was his idol. Him and Magic Johnson was his idols. Like these were the people who he marked after he wanted to be a Laker. He was a Laker. He wanted to emulate his game at the mic, and he did that. But to see Jordan at the memorial crying his eyes out, you know, sharing those stories, we didn't know that. Mm. We didn't know. And then to see Michael talking about him again in the way that he talked about on a documentary, it was just so refreshing to see the most the most vicious competitor in sports have admiration for somebody. This man didn't admire his own teammates. <laughs> this man didn't admire poor didn't. Jerry Krause. He didn't. He this didn't. man did not endorse Phil Jackson. This man did not do none of this stuff until later on in the career. Of course, he endorsed Phil or not later on. But we see Mike literally in this documentary bash everyone. Except Bryant. <laughs> he didn't bash Bryant. And that just lets me know, man, when these two men are just alike. Their competitiveness, their dog in them, their, their, their focus, their, them wanting to be the best. Jordan seen Kobe, and he, when he saw 19-year-old Kobe, he said, that's me. That's me. For, Jordan was in the league 14 years before Kobe Bryant came in through the door. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know what I'm saying? And for Jordan to recognize that was such a beautiful moment, man. And to see Kobe in that purple and that gold with that number eight, man, with that fro. And, and just to see him out there, man, I started getting chill bumps, dog. I almost ran in the closet and grabbed my Kobe jersey and just held it across <laughs> my shoulder, man. Because it was so good, so good to see him, man. But all in all, just a real great moment. Uh, of the documentary, and I think this is something that I will go back and watch until I'm to the my days are old, man. Absolutely, until yeah, my days absolutely. old, I will go back and watch just the, those 15 minutes of that documentary. I will go back and I will see that, man. So just very dope to see, man. And rest in peace, Kobe, man. Just rest in peace. Um, all right, man. So let's transition into the story of how the Air Jordans began, man. Hey, we know all the shoes. We know when they come out. We know about the cultural impact. But we don't know how it got going. We don't know that there was another company that Jordan wanted to go and represent. Yeah. Michael Jordan wanted to rep Adidas. He didn't want to go to Nike. He was selling his agent Adidas. I love everything about Adidas. And, of course, back in that time, the culture, run DMC. You know, hip-hop was very heavy on the shell toes and everything in that nature. And that's what Jordan wanted to be about. So, Black, talk to me about what you saw just in regards to the culture of the Air Jordan. PJ, what's up, boy? I just want to say, I want to thank the parents of Michael Jordan, <laughs> because if it wasn't for them getting into their son's head, go take this meeting with Nike. Go take this meeting. Mike didn't want no parts of that. Nope. Yeah. Didn't he want didn't no. want no parts of that, of mm -hmm. Nike. He was, 
He, it was like he was hell bent on signing with Adidas. Yep. He was hell bent. But his mom was like, son, go take the meeting. Let's go talk to him. Let's see what they have to say. And got to a meeting, man, and history was made. Yep. Like, him signing with Nike for uh, 250000 which was what chump change compared to what these guys making now for shoe, for shoe, for shoe deals. Yeah, back but then, it was a lot Nike, of bread. Nike was mostly a track running. Running shoes, track and field shoes. Track and field shoe and company. Shoes, yeah. So to see them come together and put together a shoe for Michael Jordan that we know now is the Air Jordan, <laughs> you know, and, and, and then to see how they came about the name mm-hmm. Air Jordan, that was amazing to me. But like the growth... The growth of the shoe and the growth of Nike all came, all became because of Michael Jordan signing with them. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't be no Nike if it wasn't no Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody think that it's separate, Air Jordan and Nike. No, it's all one. Right. It wouldn't be. It, they wouldn't be. It's, they both come together. Mm-hmm. You know, Nike became what they are because of Michael Jordan. You know, and and to see everything from. You know, the ones, you know, the the original ones, like, yeah. it's crazy, man, like, how yeah. this shoe came about, and people was like, you know, and one of the guys, one of the Nike executives, I can't remember exactly what his name was, but he was like, you know, this could have been a bus. We didn't know what this kid, we were just signing this kid, and he hadn't played a game yet. <laughs> we didn't know, mm-hmm. and, we, and, and we're taking a chance on this 19 or 20-year-old kid. Who, who hasn't made a name for himself yet. Yep. But boy, look how it paid off, man. It was just great to see the start of how uh, the Air Jordan came about yeah. and how Mike almost, almost was this close to signing with Adidas, man. Yep. We could potentially be talking about something totally different. Or not talking about nothing uh, at man, all. Nothing at all. We'll yeah. be sitting here talking about, man, what's our top five Adidas for Michael Jordan or yeah. something like that. Which, like, Which sounds crazy. Which sounds crazy now to say that, yep. but... Man, how things work out. So I'm going to give a special shout out, man, to his parents for talking Mike into taking a meeting with Nike. Facts, facts. Fred, talk to me, man. What, what, what do you, I want to know what do you think about, you know, of course, what you saw last night, but just the cultural impact from what you've seen mm-hmm. uh, with the Air Jordan. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely just defined the whole culture. I mean, it's no, we can't repeat it. You know, I think that's yeah. the one thing about just Jordan, period, with everything that comes with his shoe, his aura, like. I think even when if we're trying to compare current players to him, we need to separate things. Like, yeah. Cause I think when pe- people are not comparing a Kobe and Jordan or a LeBron and Jordan, they're trying to compare their impact almost. Cause as I'm watching, as I'm watching this documentary and I see how great Jordan is, I'm like, okay, well, Clyde is great too, but he's just not as great as Jordan, but he's still great. So it's these these little things that are separating. Yeah. Who we put it one and who we put it two. So, I mean, small things. It can, it can, now I won't say small, but it's like little things that makes one perfect and um one not so much. Right. But um, damn, damn, was I going with my point? Ah, <laughs> I lost it. I lost. It. I lost it with uh joy. Uh, oh, nobody will will be able to recreate that era because we every time we talk about a Kobe and Jordan. Or LeBron and Jordan, we we try to like match things up that shouldn't even be right. matched up. Right. No other shoe will impact the shoe culture. The shoe culture is already created. It has to be something else. Like Kobe and LeBron gonna have to be remembered for something else. Yeah. Like we're we're trying to compare these guys for what Jordan 
perfected. Absolutely. It's done already. They're just following his footsteps in that way. Right. So we we shouldn't it shouldn't even be a conversation. Yeah. So I I watching this, I see what I see what people mean. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? When you get into that era of what created everything and just to be blasphemous and say, man, you just ain't see it. And now getting to see everything uh that's happening to him. Yeah, like it's it's great. I wish it was a yeah. hundred and fifty of these. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't a sneakerhead, but I know the importance of you know, what it can even do to your confidence walking into an elementary class, just yeah, having joy. It's crazy. Like, right or wrong, like it's just crazy how much that shoe and he was for the culture of black people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And how hip hop music. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, did you hear the rapping in the Converse commercial? That sure. wasn't the culture. Like, <laughs> not sure. like the culture really came together. Yep. By the way, I wanted to ask, because you know, I'm not a sneakerhead. Okay. But his Air Jordan had Air Jordan on yeah. the Jordans. Correct. So what are those? Like, what are the... Did they ever re-release no. those? Uh, no. Is that something anybody has? No. Uh, no one has them but Nike. <laughs> no. Only Nike has those. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. That was the prototype. On his shoulders yeah. was the prototype. So, yeah. I'm guessing... Would they, you think they will ever release those? They will. But David Stern was the one who intervened because they was the the Nike the NBA execs didn't want Jordan's name or anything on the sneakers. Yeah, it just had to be the Converse or the Nike or the Adidas. Yeah, so that's where the ban came in from. They banned Jordan sneakers. Yeah, because he had extra stuff on the shoe. Yeah, but they never released those shoes. That, they took it in, away. They took it off. Yeah. That, yeah. That, that, that's something I noticed. Out of, I just be noticing. The, the little thing. Yeah, I was wondering because I saw it too. Yeah, I saw I've it too. I've never seen yeah. nobody. With, I would think like they would be have a name to nope. them. Or the, you know how like every nope. the candy cane 13s or something. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like nah. everything got a name. Nah, you so. can't even Google them, bro. Yeah. You can't even Google them. And when you Google them, you'll see the picture of Mike with them. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You'll see the picture of Mike with them. Yeah, but yeah, that's interesting. Okay, yeah. right. uh, but for but for me, man, this was my favorite episode, episode five. Of course, the Kobe joint, and then we roll right into the sneaker joint. And, and I'm a huge sneaker guy. Okay, and I have them all. I got them all. If you want to see them, I have them all. We got the royal ones. We got the shadow ones. We got the bread ones. We got the Chicago ones. We have them. We have those. So, in particular, when I saw Nas come on the TV screen, I got real comfortable, man, in my chair. You know what I'm saying? Because Nas is a perfect representation of the culture, especially at that time. Nas was a young kid. He was a young kid coming out of Queensbridge, New York. You know what I'm saying? And he said it best. He said Air Jordan and Nike rolled with the times. Jordan had different styles, different colorways, different everything about his sneakers. Adidas wasn't doing that. Yeah. Everybody had the shell toes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everyone, either black or white, or white and black. Mm-hmm. And then they came out with the white and greens, but that was it. But you look at it, Air Jordan, you're like, bro, that's a the Lamborghini of sneakers. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody wanted to have the man. And then when I'm seeing Jordan in the garden, man, in his last uh, attempt, and he brands out those Chicago ones, I tweeted out. I said, listen. These shoes are going to triple up (laughs) as a result of this documentary. And then my man PJ hit me this morning and said, bro, you was right, dog. These shoes are 1400 cash in one night, bro. Just seeing because here's the thing. A lot of kids, bro, they never seen Mike even wear these shoes. Yeah. They didn't. They just know that they raw. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they just know that they look good on your feet, We didn't get bro. to see Mike wear yeah. those shoes. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so when, when, millions of, when millions of people are looking at the Chicago ones on TV, on this godlike figure's yeah. feet, the price is up. 
Mm-hmm. Yo, why can't nobody make the Jordans look as good as Jordan? No one. Like, when he had the ones on in the so garden, wrong, I'm like, bro. that's the first time I ever seen the ones. So I was like, I gotta have those <laughs> Like, I'm, you know me. Like, the yeah, only, yeah, I know you. The only Jordans I've ever went out and consciously bought in my yep. life was them baby blue fours. And I had yep. the Axe D were these an important yep. pair enough pair to buy. Because I was going to spend like 140 yeah. I just wanted some J's. I remember. So I that remember. was like my moment with Joe. But I, I see when I seen him in those ones. Beautiful, bro. Like I, yeah. I was like, well, how does he make those look so right, good? Right, bro. And, <laughs> you know and I was so I was so corny last night. I go in the closet and pull them out. <laughs> I take them out the box. I sit them out. Should, I, you should have I should, yeah, I, I should, I should have brought him out, man. But I'm looking at him last night, man. The boys red on the table. Right yeah, I should, yeah, you're right. You should go grab those. I, bro. I, I, I might go grab them. I, I, I might go grab them while y'all talking real quick. I, I, mean, I know y'all can hold it down, but, but uh, hey, one, I, I know you about to finish. But okay. one thing I want to say, and, and and this this made me laugh yesterday. I even told it to my wife. I was like, yo, let me tell you something. If one of these kids came out today and had on a pair of tennis shoes with some short Nike socks, yeah. I would kill them. But Michael Jordan. What made them ones look so raw with oh, the no. ones on? So with the ones on, anybody else you get murdered so for raw. having short Nike socks on with your tennis so shoes? So raw, bro. <laughs> so raw. I mean, just be- just just beautiful, yeah. dog. Yeah. Just beautiful. But I just appreciated just the commentary of the deal, like his agent saying, "Look, Mike, we got a real opportunity here. This company is trying to innovate." upgrade the product and his mother who deserves a statue outside of every Nike outlet in the world mm-hmm. she says son we're going to take this meeting we're going to get on this plane and we're going plan we're going to hear what these people have to say and mike was like look i ain't i ain't with it yeah. i don't want to do this yeah. and he went there and Adidas called his agent, and I know whoever this man who made the phone call to mike's agent and he said these exact words he said we would love to have michael jordan but right now, there's nothing we can do with them. Yeah, that's that's, that's what that's what a representative from Adidas said. Yeah. He called Michael's agent, and mm-hmm. then the agent relayed that to Michael, and Converse wasn't an option because Larry Bird was there, Magic Johnson was there. That wasn't mm-hmm. an option to go join them. It wasn't. It wasn't. So Mike was like, "All right, it's 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 Jordan. It is." And then they came over to Air Jordan, and the rest is history. So. I just appreciated just that breakdown of the story of letting us in, you know what I'm saying, how the air drawing came about. And then we saw Jordan say in his post game after he played the Knicks, he said, I want to kind of recreate the moment. The shoes are a part of the moment. So that let me know Michael was in tune because I always wonder, was Jordan in tune with the shoes on his feet? Yeah. Did Jordan think about his sneakers the way that we think about his sneakers? Yeah. So I was listening to him talk like, oh, he loves them too. Yeah. This this ain't just marketing. This ain't just a basketball shoe. And I see Mike lacing his own shoes, cradling his own shoes before the game. Today's day, you today's game, you got trainers and all that lacing up these guys' shoes. Yeah. But Jordan holding his own sneakers, bro, and lacing them up and getting them ready to go. It was just so dope to see. Because for me, and for you too, man, Black, like that's a big part of our culture. We're, yes, we're in our mid-30s, bro. And when you see a pair of J's, I still get the same feeling that was when I was 16 years old. Yeah. When I was 14, 13, I got the same feeling. So it was just so dope. And it just sucks to be Adidas. And I know my man Al Pete is somewhere out there. <laughs> my man Al Pete is somewhere out there just like, man, we almost had him. You know, Al Pete is a big Adidas dude, a big Adidas dude. Yeah, man, it was it was crazy. It was it, it, watching that whole thing. What even with him recreating everything in the garden, Mike was like, "Man, after I got done, my feet were bleeding, uh-huh. literally, uh-huh. 
you know, and I'm, I got back to thinking, was it just like the sh- him, uh, the miles he had on his feet already and yeah. just wearing that shoe after all those years? Yeah. Was it tough on his feet? Yeah. Like, what was really going on? Like, I was like, that's crazy because you never seen that with Young Mike when they first came out. We never, we never heard those type of stories about his feet hurting or his feet bleeding with that type of shoe on. Mm-hmm. Was that really a good basketball shoe? You know, which it, which we see, which we see in recreating it in the garden. It wasn't. Mm-mm. It wasn't. And it was crazy. It was it was good to hear that Mike even put that out there like that, because early in his career, that nothing was said about that. Mm-mm. Whereas, you know, recreating it and then being in the garden, he came out and said, man, these shoes was killing me, man. Right. I was literally he say I literally took them off and my and my socks were soaked. In blood. Blood. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Y'all go ahead and care. I'm going to go grab them. Okay. Yeah, I think with the shoe, it was just like pure evolution. Because he even said it. Um, he, when he said, if you feel the way these 13s feel, and you feel the way these 1s feel, it shows you how we've gotten over time. Because I yeah. said it to me and Brian was watching it. And when he went to put them on, I was like, they must got extra padding in them joints. Because yeah. I was like, That's what I was it's saying. no... Because you got to think, when Michael Jordan came out the once, he was maybe, give or take, I don't, maybe 10 pounds lighter. And shoes, that was as good as it got. Yeah. So they didn't, they didn't know. They was going with the times, you know what I'm saying? So for him to go a whole 14 whatever years, however long it was, getting comfort and comfort, and just have to go all a decade back to this kind of cardboard, one texture kind of shoe yeah. and still be like fuck it you know what I'm saying we finna hoop you know what I'm saying like not I'm sure like he had a bunch of pet socks and cause hoopers do that shit like I don't see even local you know we know yeah. niggas who hoop hey you know what I'm saying they yeah, have three five socks. right five six socks on feet be fucked up you know yeah. what I'm saying but niggas yeah. be out there hooping like it's like they can't feel it for some reason they out there bitch yeah. but when they get off shit be soaked in blood and yeah I think that's what it was it was just the the technology that got into shoes, it wasn't in the ones. Yeah. And, and that's what I love to see the rawness of back in the day because it's like nowadays you wouldn't even dare. If an NBA player wearing some ones on the floor, it's padding. Them shits feel like yeah. foam posits. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, them yeah. shits feel great inside. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, so, so I'm back. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I'm back. So, I'm boy, back. boy, if I roll a size 12, boy. <laughs> we on live right now. Put them things up there, man. We on live right now so they can we see him on the camera. Yeah, we on live right now. Laptop in the way. Hey. They need to see them things. Hey, check bro. this out. Hey, check this out. <laughs> hey, hey, if you got a rack, you know what I'm saying? Hey, hey, if, 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 hey, if you got a rack, you know what I'm saying? If you got a rack, these can be yours. These can be yours today if you got a rack. You know what I'm saying? So we got the Chicago one, man. Yeah. We got the Chicago ones in the building, Ooh, man. Look at that thing on live. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had to have a little fun. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, this out. We got the laces too, so just stay oh, over where the laces at. We got the laces here. You know what I'm saying? We got the red, we got the white, the Chicago ones. And if you got a rack, if you got a rack, these could be yours today. You know what I'm saying? You just hit your homeboy up, man. Hey, we'll take the stock ass say at $1,400, but your boy gonna give him to you for 1000 we you know giving, hey, we giving hey, them to you discount hey, price, my boy, for a thousand dollars. We got the sh- we got the shoe trees in there still too. We we legit with it, baby. We legit with it, baby. So, so the bottom of the yeah, things, yeah, too, and bro. they clean. Oh yeah, they clean they at the clean, bottom. They clean. You know what I'm saying? So these this is how we rocking here at the sports desk. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, man. Uh, the Chicago ones, man. You know, Fred and Black held to die while with the grab those the, things. And to speak on what Fred was just saying. Like I really think that. 
Mike, when he was wearing that one shoe, uh-huh. he 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 was wearing it for basketball. But the one is such a a stylish a style oh, yeah, shoe, man. Oh yeah, you know I don't I don't look at the ones being a basketball shoe. Mm-mm. You know I look at it as is is a part of style. You know, yeah. and I feel like that's what that shoe represents. I don't yeah. think it represents basketball. We think. It does because it's the it's the beginning of Michael Jordan's journey. Facts. But the one uh the the ones and all the ones that came out beautiful. It's 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 style to me. Like yeah, I don't beautiful. look at ones like oh man that's a great great hooping shoe because it's not. Yeah, we. I mean, it's not. We don't wear ones to hooping. We wear we wear ones for style. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and it's like Fred said, everything about Mike was perfect. The way he walked, the way he wore his uniform, the way he yeah. wears gold chains, the Air Jordans, like everything was perfect. It's like God woke up in the middle of the night one day and said, hmm. I don't have nothing to do. Let's just create the most perfect basketball player with style and grace that you ever seen. Yeah. And then here comes Michael Jordan being born. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, so that was dope, man. Yeah, so uh, that was just the Air Jordans. Put them things we talk back about- up there, man. Okay, what you hear that, bro? Black, black. Yeah. Black is, is, is not happening. We're trying to get this thousand dollars. I know it ain't mine, but I'm just trying to help out, hey, bro. Like, we, we got you, keep bro. them things up there, man. We got yeah. you, bro. We got you. You never bro. know what's going to come across live, bro, when you, yeah. you know, when we're recording. $1,000. <laughs> <laughs> $1,000 for the Air Joy ones. All right, man. So let's go ahead and transition, man, out of the uh, out of uh, the Air Jordans, man. That was so much fun at <laughs> that spot right there, man. So let's get into... New Sports Desk. Hold on. Let's, let's get a little... Hey, bro. You listening to the Sports Desk. All right. Let's go get into it, man. Let's get into the Dream Team, all right? Mm-hmm. In 1992, all right, uh... The, the the basketball in America was just taking a beating in the Olympics, man, getting thrashed. And someone had the bright idea to say, hey, let's incorporate our NBA talent. And at the head of that talent was none other than Michael Jordan. And they created the dream team. Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, Karl Malone, Charles Barkley, uh, John Stockton, controversially, uh, Scottie they, Pippen, David Patrick Robinson. Ewan, David Robinson. I mean, just so much talent uh, was put together. Going over to Barcelona to compete in the nineteen ninety two Olympics. So, black man, just what was your what was your thoughts, man? Because uh, we've seen so much footage of it lately. Uh, they had a little documentary on it on NBA TV. But just to hear it out of Michael's words, and uh, we can go ahead and start with the controversy. Yeah. At the beginning, when they asked him, well, he was uh, they called him and he was at, and he they asked him what he played, and he said, well, who gonna be on the team? And the guy asked him, well, why are you asking that? And he said, you know why I'm asking that? Who gonna be on the team? He said, don't worry about it. That guy won't be on the team. All right. And then Mike said, okay. So let's talk about it, man. Let's talk about, you know, the dirty stuff first with the dream team. Black, talk to me. Well, uh, do you know what I'm going to call this? What's that? Bullshit. It's no way the hatred, the hatred that Mike had for Isaiah Thomas. It's no Gangsta way. It's hard Gangsta for me to believe Gangsta Gangsta. Mike didn't part his lips and say, I don't want Isaiah Thomas to be a part of this team. Because, Mike, you're lying. You got on Gangsta TV Gangsta. in this documentary and sat in front of that camera and told a bold-faced lie last night. And why? And, you even, and then you try to clean it up when you said, well, you know, I look at Isaiah Thomas as the second best point guard ever behind Magic Johnson but you didn't want him on the team with you all your hatred in your heart for for Isaiah after they cleaned y'all three years straight and left you in the dust for nothing and your hatred for this man is so real and for you to sit on TV and say you had nothing to do with him not making a team it's a lie 
Ooh. It's a lie. Okay. So my part on that is Isaiah should have been part of that team. Yeah. He should have been the starting point guard. Well, he should have been potentially the first one to come off the bench on that team. If if Magic Johnson was the starting point guard, I'm not sure if he was the starting was, point guard was, or not. But man, it was crazy to see like like these kids. I mean, Michaels and Isaiah hate for one another, man. It 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 not only carries it carries beyond basketball, you know. Yeah. Like <clears throat> Mike didn't want nothing to do. Like he got he had so much hatred in his heart for Isaiah, man, that was made on the court because Isaiah used to beat them to no end. You know, the Pistons <laughs> used to beat yeah. them to no end. It's the truth. We've seen it. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, and Mike Mike really hated Isaiah for that because he it took him so long to crack that puzzle. From what we see, that was the hardest puzzle Mike had to crack in his career <clears throat> to, to that point. Yeah, you just, know? just to put it in its proper context, yeah. Mike had the problem with Isaiah for how they handled themselves after they beat them. Okay. I don't think Mike was pissed at the fact that they were beating them. It was the fact that they just showed disrespect and not sportsmanship after the okay, Pistons Okay, so you, you, you think that's what... That's what Mike that's said. What, okay, that's okay. what he said. He said well, okay. Yeah, uh, just blatant disrespect in the Just disrespect, well, yeah, you no know. no sportsmanship. And, and I guess Isaiah's saying that wasn't his idea. That was... Uh, that's just how the Bill times Lambert. was. That's just how the times was. Right. And... From what we've seen, yeah, that's what they was. But I guess because Michael Jordan did it, everybody else is supposed to do it, you know. <laughs> yeah. But everyone's not Michael Jordan, as we know. No but, one is, sir. Man, it's it's crazy to like to go in with the dream team, man, and everybody that team that was assembled. You can potentially say that's one of the greatest teams ever assembled, mm -hmm. you know, for any Olympics. And the thing that stuck out to me was the practices. Oh, like man. how intense. Great stuff. How like. These guys are like in, competing like they were going against each other in the NBA. Great stuff. And we just talking about practice here. Mm -hmm. And to see Magic Johnson getting into it with Jordan, he was mm -hmm. like, look, man, we up by 12. Like, mm -hmm. this this over with. And Mike was like, uh-uh. He said Mike came down and hit every bucket. Mm -hmm. Every bucket and came back and got the lead. They was He said next time thing he knew, they were up by two. Mm -hmm. And, man, just to see the competitive nature, he was like, it was so competitive when they got back on the bus, it was quiet for a long time. Yep. And then one of the, uh, I think he, I can't remember who exactly who it was, but he said, somebody said, man, that was fun. And then everybody just started getting into it, yeah, talking Matt, about say, it. Yeah, they say Magic yeah. said, uh, well, Charles, I guess we shouldn't have pissed them off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And everybody so started laughing. It, that's the thing that really stuck out with the Dream Team with me. But, man, one of the greatest teams ever assembled. Yeah. We seen exactly what they did in yeah. that Olympics, like, it it was nothing to be talked about. They demolished everyone they played. Yeah. So yeah, man, it was great to see that assemble. Okay. But at the same time, not having Isaiah on that team was was not the right thing to do. It was a travesty. All right, Fred, talk to us, man. I know you was a young pup, man, in 92. Uh, mm -hmm. So I know you've been seeing a lot of footage, man, that you're being able to register for the first time. So what do you mm -hmm. think about seeing that footage of the 1992 Dream Team? Well, I think uh, all in all, especially the Dream Team, that it's going to be great for the uh, the guys that are playing now. Because, of course, we all want the NBA to be as lucrative and as business-like as it needs to Facts. be now. But uh, through this documentary, even showing that, it shows you the essence of the game. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you really start to understand, like, the, the love of basketball, like, it it has to be intertwined along with the business and everything else, yep. you know what I'm saying, that you're doing. Like, these guys, I would, I would love to be at that practice. Oh, when them man. Niggas, these are, like, some of the, these are rock stars. This is not the NFL. The, yep. the NFL has no star ever in its history 
as big as the 20th star in the NBA. Just think about that. No, you're right. Think about that. The, right. the NFL has never had a Michael. You can't who? The NFL has nobody close. So we can't even use Mike. We got to go to like Lance Stevenson. You know, like Shaq. Never had a Shaq. Who? That's what I'm saying. Like right. Michael is at the top. At the top. And then you got you a Shaq who was like, if Michael were here, he'd be at the top. <laughs> at the top. Magic right. Johnson. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like a T-Mac. All the way down to a yeah. T-Mac. You yeah. don't have an NFL player who is yeah. at that much advertisement, FaceTime. Face so these guys are rock stars out there. Putting their bodies on the line, talking shit. I mean, it's just... And don't get me wrong. Don't get these players fucked up now. Nah, that's what they do. Yeah. But I don't know the essence of the game to where it's like, yeah, I can hate I can hate you on the floor. And all that. let's cut this out that these niggas wasn't friends off the court. Cut that shit out. Right. Jordan uh, going golfing with uh, Danny yeah, Ainge. Danny Ainge. Where they put 80,000 yeah. points on the Celtics <laughs> yeah. the next night. You know what I'm saying? Even though he lost the series. But let's stop at these... There's nobody like these guys. No. You know what I'm saying? So you want me to look across who you're one in 30 yeah. out of a trillion people in the United States. You want me to hang out with you because we both hoop? Nah, nigga, you the only one that can understand me. So yeah. with the Dream Team, it was good to see a bunch of, you know, men that come together who built our culture. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? To just hoop it out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Talk shit. Magic Johnson talks so much Ooh, shit. Man. I love Magic. Ain't that what? I love that Magic talking to see I, I, love I, I love I love it. I love that shit. Yeah, for me, man, it was just uh, it was like it was like uh, the biggest celebration of basketball at its <laughs> highest level, bro. Yeah. Like 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 the best games were not the Olympic games. It was the practices at the Olympics. <laughs> Like those are the games that should have been on TV. Yeah, they should have. No, no disrespect to any other country. Tony Kukoc. Tuna Kukoc. <laughs> like, no, Croatia. Croatia. And Spain. And no, bro. Like y'all, all them boys got beat by fifty, dog. Like they should have been like, look, okay, let's get five of y'all over here, and let's get the other five over here. The most beautiful piece that I seen, man, was uh when Jordan them won that scrimmage game. Magic Johnson just takes the basketball and launches it you know at the top of the seat and it's like dog in my mind I'm like bro this practice bro like in my mind but my mind ain't they mind yeah these are the most and and I'm competitive I hate to lose and if somebody challenges me even if I know you might beat me dog let's get it yeah I think Mike is taking the error for that nigga Right. Hey, he, he got two rings yeah five five yeah these people still in the league yeah they still in their area. They went at the mountaintop. And so you yeah. can tell why that frustration Yeah, because like, yeah. we lost. And then, <laughs> Charles, and then Charles Barkley said it basically like, bro, like after that game, there was no more questions. Yeah. There was nothing else to talk about. <laughs> we were in a new era, era, era and Michael Jordan was king. Yeah. like And, and listen, I saw Magic Johnson this morning on first take talking to Stephen A. about Michael Jordan. Yeah. Now let's 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 register who Magic Johnson is. Magic Johnson is the greatest point guard to ever played. Show the general of Showtime Lakers, a five-time NBA champ, a billionaire, like the most charismatic, uh, a beautiful basketball smile in the history of basketball, marketable on every level. Yeah. And he was almost in tears telling us that Michael Jordan was the greatest basketball player of all time, and it's not even close. Magic Johnson said this. Yes, he did. Charles Barkley, another pivotal figure in sports, not just a basketball player. He was a hell of a player. Yeah, he but was. he was a he is a hell of a personality. And he's sitting up there letting you know, like, listen, bro, this is not a debate. This is not a conversation. This man was mythical. 
He was he was a like a a, a a when Mike was around, bro. It was like a the spirit realm was around you, bro. Especially when he was on the floor. Mm-hmm. So with, with with these guys, these legends of legends, these ain't like Fred said. These dudes ain't no chumps. Yeah. They not. This is yeah. this is not, not tier seven and eight of the <laughs> NBA. Yeah. All these boys is all tier one. Yeah. Right. Everybody right. except Leitner. Christian Leitner. <laughs> <laughs> who shouldn't have been there? Yes, shouldn't have been yes. there. That was Isaiah's. That was Chris, Isaiah's spot. Christian Leitner should not have been there. Did he even get any minutes? I don't even think he played it. Played at all. I you think know what pisses was, me off the most? Black when I see Christian Leitner these days. You know what he wearing around his neck? The gold medal. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but like I said, man, it was a beautiful thing to see. And Adam Silver put it best, and Freddie kind of shined on that a tad bit. The market of the NBA, all of these guys, and he called, he said, these beautiful, handsome men were selling hamburgers, tennis shoes, sodas, but more importantly, they were selling the game. Yeah. yeah. They were selling our product. And we were over in Barcelona doing this. The streets were flooded and packed. You know what I'm saying? Of course, for Michael Jordan. But they were there for everyone else, too. Like Larry Bird and Magic Johnson and all these players. And it was, it was just beautiful to see, and man. Then, and then, and then also, in, in, in talking about over in Spain, like we got to see the glimpse of the first ever big, you know, Big poster board ever. Oh, yeah. Of, of Michael Jordan. No yeah. other basketball player had, had ever life had size. that. Mike, like a life size poster of Michael Jordan. Like, Mike even looking at it like, wow. Wow. He was shocked. He like, was shocked. Because that's something we've never seen before. Yeah. That's his impact. And we talk about, they were in Spain. Yeah. yeah. They were in Spain and these, and, and these, Huge posters everywhere of Michael Jordan. Yeah. Magic Johnson didn't get that. Yeah. Larry Bird didn't get that. Michael yeah. Jeffrey Jordan oh, had that. And and for him for for it to be said like his influence on basketball is I don't think they could ever be touched, man. Like it's crazy how his influence just changed everything in the world yeah. for people to see. Like and and it showed everywhere he went, everywhere he, every person he talked to, the way he walked. And we talked about it before the show. His swag, like he changed everything for everybody. His culture, the way he dressed, the way he walked, the way he looked. Like you said, he was perfectly made. He was perfectly made basketball player, and he also had the swag to go along with it. Yeah. And then everybody, and then it just trickled down to everybody from from the suits he wore on game. Game day, like weren't nobody really doing that. Mike brought the suit game and made it uh, be clean in the NBA to wear suits before and after the game. Like it was amazing to watch Mike, man, in that light and how he changed everything in the culture of uh, of fashion and basketball. How it it all started with him. Yeah, yeah. One thing can't be glossed over in, in the fact that his agent had wanted to prom- uh, market him like a tennis player. Mm-hmm. And that was the evolution of mm-hmm. literally everything we seeing now. That's the difference between the NFL and the NBA. Yep. They He literally seen the future. Uh, I think Falk, I can't remember yeah, his yeah, first his name. Mm-hmm. But he seen the future and was like, we already doing this. Yeah. And we could do NBA, you could do this with an NBA player. Yep. We're going to single you out. Yep. And, and I mean, just look what it's created. And that tells you how... Mike made the he he made them literally be progressive. Yeah, because you got he would try. They were trying to stop them. They're trying to ban the ones, and they yeah. they was trying to stop that. But when you see a whole culture wave coming in, well, you oh, you gonna ban it? We gonna make that a campaign now. Yep. 
Everything you do, we're going to make a campaign. So eventually, we at a point now, the NBA got nicknames on the back of jerseys. Just brilliant. You know what I'm saying? Like, brilliant, and it bro. starts literally from that point where Mike Mama tell him, yeah. go to Nike. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And Nike being the only company, his, his fucking agent being like Jay-Z. Yeah. And, and understand the ownership from the door. That's yep. so, Day one. We cannot gloss over that. Yeah. And it took all the way to get to LeBron. Yeah, bro. For, 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 for it to change. Yeah. I'm looking at this joy and shit, and I'm like, no, I haven't seen one thing that LeBron. LeBron has copied this whole thing from Jordan. Yeah, the blueprint. He just like he's not shaped like Jordan. I can play like like Jordan, but he copied every single thing from Jordan. The marketing is yeah. genius. From when Jordan had to win the game, hey, I figured out I could enter the lane and toss the ball out. That's yeah. the, LeBron took that part of Jordan yeah. and made it his main game. Yeah. So I'm like, what? How? What part of niggas look at Jordan and not right. see LeBron? Yeah. LeBron got his whole shit from Jordan. Yeah. The number and everything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I respect Jordan even more after seeing this. Like, yeah. this is, you You shouldn't try to separate them two niggas because you discrediting Jordan more. Yeah. All of these niggas learned from Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, the game. You only helping LeBron by saying LeBron ain't good as Jordan. Jordan shouldn't even be there. You shouldn't even be saying that. Yeah. You should be grateful that LeBron's where he at now because Jordan, everybody learned this from Michael Jeffrey. He did this two decades ago. He just coming out with another Space Jam. Like, Jordan did all of this. With Monaco on the soundtrack. Are you kidding me? This has been done. So why are you mad that Jordan, you know what I'm saying? Like, this this is copying the guy. Jesus Christ. Ooh, there it is. When you love another Jay-Z, a 19-year-old who sounds just like Hov, and we get another two decades of Hov Vito. Jesus Christ. There it is. And you know know, know what else uh, that we forgot in that scenario, too, with being over in Spain in the Olympic? Michael Jordan was hell-bent. Hell-bent on not winning Reebok. He wanted to stick it... Michael Jordan say, I'm going to show these. I'm going to show this mother what time it is. Like, I'm not going to wear this crap. If I do got to put it on, okay, what we going to do? We going to get the American flag and cover it up. Brilliant. I don't know if, if people know this really closely because I did. You know what was on those basketball jerseys that they were wearing? Their uniforms? The big C champions. for the champs. It wasn't a Reebok sign. So Michael Jordan say, I do not care. I'm not wearing Reebok. Mm-hmm. I'm going to show these assholes mm-hmm. what I'm all about. Mm-hmm. And he did just that. Okay. And you know what? They couldn't do nothing to Mike. They couldn't do nothing to Mike. Mike showed them like, I, I, I'm not going to be messed with. I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to wear what I want to wear. Yeah. And you're not going to be able to do anything about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know. And yeah, you, I, you, you know, that was a great point. Like he, he definitely, uh, that part showed me like where his mind was. Like, I don't know if another basketball player would have been like, oh, if somebody would say, hey, Patrick Ewing, you got to wear the Reebok joint. Patrick Ewing would probably be like, right, right. Right, right. Patrick Ewing would probably be like, all right, cool. Like, John Stockton, hey, you, I know you're wearing A6 because that's what they wore back in the day, too. Yeah. I know you won A6, but you got to show the Reebok pack. Stockton would probably be like, all right, I do that. But when they called Jordan, Jordan like, well, I got something for y'all, boy. <laughs> like, ain't no way. Jordan was so loyal to Nike and he knew what yeah. everything Nike was doing was so groundbreaking he decided to show everybody all right and he did it in such the most beautiful way draping the american flag (laughs) over and then reebok couldn't say nothing nothing. 
Nothing. They couldn't part their mills. That's the first time we ever heard. Yeah, that story. Is that story? That story. Like, nah, I got something for these niggas. Yeah, right. Joy said. I, <laughs> I yeah, yeah Joy said. I'ma show these pricks what yeah. time it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so before, yeah. So that was dope, man. So before we get out of the Barcelona, before we get out the Dream Team, we'd be remiss if we did not talk about the manslaughter of Tony Kukoc. Oh. Um. Just very quickly, man. Before the game, Carl Malone was doing an interview, and they was asking him, you know, what do you know about Kukoc? He's this young up and coming European player, blah, blah, blah. Carl Malone was like, I don't know much about him unless you go and talk to Scotty and Michael. <laughs> and Magic Johnson said they was, uh, Charles Barkley was saying before the game, they was kind of talking about, hey, blah, blah, blah. And Jordan them said, hey, all y'all, Kukoc belong to me and Scotty. Those were the only two players in the first half to guard Tony Kukoc. The fear in Tony Kukoc's eyes, who had already been signed by the Bulls. He was already scheduled to start and play for the Bulls the following season. But Jordan and Pippen was manhandling this dude. And I love what Kukoc said. He said, yeah, I, 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 I had a bad game. And I was really surprised about the defense. Like, he startled, bro. Like, he startled at the defense that he's seen. So, real quick, man, what did you think about uh, just cool coach explaining his experience having to deal with Scotty and Mike? Well, you know who gets all the blame for that? What's that? Mr. Crouch. Mr. Jerry Crouch. (laughs) Mr. Jerry Crouch. You put this man in Russian roulette and he killed, got killed. Man, to see the onslaught that, and I feel bad for Tony, man. Tony say, look, you know, I was going to go right over to the NBA, but after that, I had to delay it for for another year or two yeah. before I officially went over that, man, because yeah. they gave him hell, man. Yeah, man. They came in here, and then they tried to put a little patch on it to give Tony Kukoc a little light. Yeah. He said, oh, yeah, the second game, he played much better. He was getting his shots off. But, bro, you still lost by 30. 30. You still lost by 30. Like, 30. Everything that Jordan, the way uh, Jerry Krause set this thing up, for mm-hmm. Tony Kukos to make him look like, oh, he's going to carry the Bulls and he's going to do this. He's going to be the next face of the Bulls. Yeah. Hold on, sir. Do you know who's still on this team? Which was crazy, bro. Do you know Michael Jordan is sitting, is, is right here, the leader of this team, and then you got Scottie Pippen right behind him who's going to take the reins crazy, whenever bro. Michael Jordan leaves. Crazy, and then you're going to bring up this guy, Tony Kukos? Craziness, The nerve bro. of you, Jerry Crouch. Craziness, bro. Craziness, bro. To bring this man up in the presence of these guys so they can use that as fuel in the Olympics. But, you know, it, it all came back around to Krause's whole organization thing. Yeah. Organization. We the best organization. It takes so many people to make this run. Like, he was so just obsessed with people admitting, like, hey... You know, say the organization, just don't say Michael Jordan. Just don't say Scotty or Phil Jackson. Like, he was just so <laughs> obsessed. And then you come out and just, you you did Tony Kukoc a disservice, bro. Yes, you did. Like, it could have been a much better experience for Tony in the Olympics. Because not only did he have to play them boys once, he played them twice and lost by a combined 80 points. Like, that's ridiculous, bro. And, and, and Jared Krause is to blame for that, man. But I just thought it was so... Um, it was so cool to see that Michael and Scotty were not even in the NBA season, but they was carrying the chip on their shoulder from what was going on in their own organization all the way to Barcelona, <laughs> and they did what they did to Tony Kukos. Yeah, they did. Bro, man. that was just ridiculous. It's crazy to, to me. See, man. Like ridiculous. And and no disrespect to Tony Kukos, he was. I felt bad for him. He Tony Kukos said, "I didn't know 
anything. Right. I didn't know Tony Co- Tony Kuko said I didn't know these things were being said about me. I didn't know no, no, he that they was looking. He didn't know nothing, but uh, he had to take all yeah. that. Yeah, it was. Crazy. He had to take all that and. To see Scotty and Mike in that light, like you said, like them to take that all the way to Barcelona after winning a championship back yeah, to back, and then remember all that and was able to uh, lock in on Cool Coach to make him look horrible. Yeah, it was crazy. To make him look horrible, man. It but it, it was dope to see to see that happen with Tony Cool Coach. Yeah, it was crazy. It was crazy. Um, so yeah, Fred, you got something on Cool Coach real quick? Uh, no, no, no. I ain't got much. Okay. But it was dope to see that. Uh, he, man, they killing Kraus. Yeah. Jordan really hated crime. For him to be the best GM of all time. Yeah. That's that's one thing I am yeah. taking away from this. This yeah. is the greatest GM of yeah. all yeah. time. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it, 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 I hate for him, he wanted to destroy his own creation. Yeah. But man, to have the hindsight to get Scottie Pippen. Let me let y'all know what NAIA means. EWC is in the NAIA. And that's what kind of Scotty Pippen basically he basically drafted Scotty Pippen out of EWC. Yeah. Like you have to know what the fuck you're yeah. doing to make that yeah. pick. You have to yeah. know where to go. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And we see how cool coach or we see yeah. how these other players turned yeah. out yeah. for that for that uh, and franchise. He found them so, all, bro. He found them all. So that's that's what I take away from it. Okay. All right, man. So we're gonna transition into the Jordan rules. All right. The book that was written by Sam Smith. So at this point, the Bulls had won two titles. Um Jordan was this glorified figure, not a spot on him. Uh, everyone loved him. He was on all the late night TV shows. No one had anything bad to say about Michael Jordan until Sam Smith. Sam Smith is the author of the Jordan Rules book. Okay, so I know what you're thinking. The Pistons thing. No, no, no. That's separate. The Jordan Rules for the Pistons was one thing, but then the book, The Jordan Rules, is a whole other thing. So basically, this is what this was. Sam Smith put out the narrative that, hey, folks, Michael Jordan is not perfect. Michael Jordan, has he has some secrets. He has some skeletons in the closet. He is a, a vicious leader. He is someone, he is somewhat of a tyrant with his teammates. He is somewhat of a, 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 a dictator with his teammates. He is not beloved by the Bulls organization. Michael Jordan is not all what you think he is. And that started the downward spiral of Jordan starting to become mentally exhausted from the game after their second title. So, Black, I'm going to alley-oop you real quick. Jordan basically came out and said, Horace Grant is a snitch, and he is the one who gave Sam Smith the bulk of the information. Dang. So, Black, take it from there, man. What do you think about the narrative that the author Sam Smith was taking towards Michael Jordan and just seeing the the, the turbulence that it brought, you know, with the season, man? Yeah, uh, I, want, I, I just want to say this. It's the, the Jordan rules thing, is it, is it really hard to believe Mike wasn't that way? <laughs> because yeah. everything we've been seeing through these first documentaries of Mike in practice, he getting on people's ass. Yep. He telling them you're gonna do this. If yep. you don't like it, get out. See ya. So what was what was so bad about the Jordan Rules book? Yeah. Is it because we didn't want to shed shed Mike into a, a bad light? Yeah. Because he was just so big and so popular. Like mm-hmm. I see nothing wrong with the book, but we seen it before this part came out. What type of person? person Mike was he was a dick and right. Mike even said that people are going to look at me like I'm a dick right you bro you are you yeah. are a dick yeah you are and it, that's just you because you yeah. you even said it in 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 uh in this documentary yeah. you went any cost to win yeah so that means you have to be a dick you have to be an asshole you have to be all those things yeah. 
But uh, the whole thing uh, uh, behind that, I guess it's because not just only that it was something within his team. It's not that the public got hold to it. Mm-hmm. And Sam Smith, Sam Smith put it out to the public, to mm-hmm. the world, mm-hmm. for them to put their input on it. Mm-hmm. And I could see how it weighed on Jordan. And then the whole thing with Horace Grant, mm-hmm. with him snitching, I'm like, oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. And then Horace, you know, he's going to deny it to mm-hmm. the end. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't do that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Mike saying that, you did, bro, bro, that was you. Yeah, you did, That bro. was you. So, uh, like, it, it, <laughs> it was crazy. Like, so we know who Mike was going at in practice. Like, Horace wanted to be left alone. You know what I'm saying? So he put the news out there. Mm-hmm. Horace, okay. I know you wanted to be left alone, bro. We know. Yeah. They had to build you up because you was a big softy. Yeah. You know, when y'all were playing against Detroit, bro, yeah. you was crying on the bench. Yeah. So Mike said, I want to go at Horace and just make him yeah. toughen up, bro. Like, but I could believe it, man. I could. I, I don't believe what Horace said. I believe Horace put it out there. Yeah. Some- because Mike was. He was. You know, he wasn't lying. But, um... But I think with the media and then the fans being able to see it and all of them putting it out there because they see Mike as such this greatest, just this godlike figure and everything that he was doing, back-to-back championships, the Gatorade commercials, like billboards, everything he was on late night shows and everything that he was doing to have this negative, like, and then the storm that came behind the reports, reporters asking him every Every day, like, what's going on with this book and what's... They're saying you're a bad teammate. You're saying you only look out for yourself. And then the part of him, it got to the point where it was too much for him. He just stopped all interviews in this entirety. For two weeks. For two weeks because it, it was becoming too much. So you can see through this documentary, but that, that <clears> it really <throat> took a toll on Mike. Mm-hmm. But um, for me, I was like, well, Mike, hey, you are a dick. You are an asshole. These things that they're saying are true. It's just that the media and everybody in the world got hold to it. Now they see it, so it's becoming a lot for you. Well, I think I think I think the thing that really bothered Mike it wasn't the fact that he was he didn't think he was a dick. He didn't think he was you know all those things that you just said. I think it was the fact that they were trying to paint him as this villainized like character within his own organization. Like he didn't respect his teammates. Uh-huh. Like he didn't have an admiration. For the environment that he was in. Like he was just basically they was trying to paint him in a picture like it was Michael Jordan and then it was everybody else. Okay. But it wasn't that. You see Mike speak highly of his teammate. You see him speak highly of uh, of Scotty. Mm-hmm. You see him, Steve, you seen John Paxson at that time gain his respect by making them jumpers, him listening to Phil Jackson. You gotta think Doug Collins. The offense was 100% Michael Jordan. Give the ball to Mike. Get the hell out of the way. Yeah. Phil, Phil Jackson brought in the triangle and so on and so forth. But we seen Michael adapt to the new things that was happening in Chicago, which allowed him to win. So I think that was the part that didn't sit well with Michael. And we saw okay. John Paxson and Scottie Pippen say that those things weren't true. Like Michael Jordan wasn't that type of guy towards his teammates as people. You know, okay. they tried to make him feel like he just didn't give a damn about nobody. You know what I'm saying? And, I, and we didn't, I don't get that at all from Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. The only thing that I get from Mike, and he even said that it was true, at, like you said, we are trying to win at any cost. And if no one, if anyone in here has a problem with how we're doing things to win, you can get the hell on. <laughs> Other than that, 
I have no, I, I have no problem. Mm-hmm. That, that, that is true. But yeah. everything else Sam Smith was putting in the book that he got from Horace Grant, because I'm with Mike. Yeah. Like, Horace Grant bro, you said snitch. it, bro. You snitch. You snitch, bro. Yeah. Because Scotty Pippen said, he said, Horace Grant had a problem with Mike getting all the love. Yeah. Horace Grant had a problem with Mike getting all the praise. It pissed him off. Steve Kerr backed Scotty Pippen up and said, yeah, he had a problem, bro. Yeah. He did not like it. Sam Smith was Horace Grant's homeboy. Sam Smith was writing all the great articles on Horace Grant in the Chicago Tribune. <laughs> like, the, let's clean it up here. Let's let's yeah. let's let's clean up why Horace Grant is being allegedly the snitch because Sam Sam Smith was Horace Grant's boy. Yeah, that was his boy. So that's why. So the Jordan rules came about after the second title because basically Horace Grant was like, "This fool ain't all what y'all think he is, Sam." Check this out. Write this down. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then you could tell Horace Grant was lying on yeah. TV. Oh, yeah. I, 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 I never, I look, look. I never said anything to soon Sam as he, Smith. Soon as he, soon as boy, he said lying, it. Boy. Soon as he said I said, boy, you telling a bold-faced yeah, lie, boy. You, you telling a bold-faced lie. And, boy, you is and, lying. And, 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 yeah. and people, and, and, and you putting it in perspective like that about Mike, yeah, like, uh, I didn't see, I, I was getting it from, I was getting, I felt like I was getting, I was looking at it the wrong way. I was looking at it from the basketball standpoint, not from the point where I just don't like my teammates. They're nothing. I wasn't looking, I thought it was strictly a basketball thing, but it wasn't. So, like, in that case, like, Horace Grant, like, bro, like, what are you doing? You know, you're not Michael Jordan. Why why are you tired of Michael Jordan getting all the credit? What have you done? Huh? What have you done? Like, what superstar, what, what, what team are you going to go to and not be a role player? You know, when you was with the Magic, when you were a role player, right? right. You know, you weren't the man on that team. So yeah. why such the big problem with Mike all of a sudden? Because yeah. he was the one dogging you in practice. Yeah, yeah he was the one giving it to you because you were soft. So, yeah, yeah man, that, that whole thing with that was, was, was crazy. Yeah. So, Fred, what, what, did you, what did you think about the whole Jordan rules and how they was trying to paint Mike? And, of course, uh, the snitch, uh, Horace mm-hmm. Grant. What would you think about it? I mean, uh, you know, just I think from a historical sense, when we see how the media was treating this thing, because now it's glorified. Everything, if you read the Jordan book rules now, like it's everything we criticize today's players about that they're not hard enough on their teammates, you know. But in that present time, you see how everybody hated it. Mm-hmm. So it's just like mind boggling to me how we get into these times. <laughs> so we get a player that's the total opposite of that, mm-hmm. and now we hate him. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So I just think. People got to really step back sometimes when we just in the present moment and shit and be like, y'all going to love this shit in 10 years. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It's just not, it's, they, they, he winning now. He's the guy now. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, we do that in America. We build you up as high as we can. Tear you down, We're going to tear you down. And that second ring, it was about bound to time. Like, all right, what, two MVPs in a row? Yep. Wait, you going on yep. three P? Hold on now, nigga. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you winning a little bit too much. And throw some salt in the game. Yeah, we need to throw some salt in the game. <laughs> yeah. and. You know what I'm saying? I, like I said, that built joy. Like and like Black said it perfectly. Like who, what? Any of us surprised on any of the details or anything? No. You know it's coming up about this book up, but it's so crazy to see how mad they were at the time yeah. it came out. You know what I'm saying? Just how they was mad when LeBron left at the time it happened, and the whole NBA changed after it happened for and, the better. Right? You know, so like you just got to push forward through shit. You know what okay. I'm saying? And I'm not. Getting on Mike, but we, we, hey, the media got to him. He was winning through it all, but, yeah. you know, that man had to take two-year break. He's human. You know what I'm saying? Like, we, he's human. human. You know human. what I'm saying? Like, and I was talking to B, we was talking about in the historical sense, people say he would have won 
eight straight. Mm. And I said, well, people got to realize him taking those two years off is maybe the reason he get, got to give us two, three-piece back-to-back. Yes. Because it's so hard. I mean, yes. no doubt. I think he could have gave you a full five-piece. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but it's just yeah. so hard to just keep winning back. Like, somebody who ain't went to the playoffs them last four years yeah, yeah. would have got good and had all that rest and just would have yeah. got you. Because we see how close yeah. some of these finals were. Yeah. For the Knicks to be up two hours, this nothing. stuff I did not know. Mm-hmm. And people don't put respect on Jordan's name this way. Mm-hmm. If I tell you I respect Bron because he came back for 3-1, nobody has ever came back and said, well, you know he was down two to the Knicks. Mm-hmm. And put four straight on them boys to get mm-hmm. him out of here. Mm-hmm. Like, what? What? I mean, like, what? I'm so disappointed in you old niggas, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, you you have no idea how to explain Michael Jordan to me. Mm-hmm. You failed all these years to explain Everybody. who Michael Jordan is Everybody. this whole time. Everybody. Yes. The yes. only way you can explain Michael Jordan is looking at who's currently playing and saying, yep. that guy is not as good as yeah, Michael Jordan. He wasn't better than Mike. He wasn't better than Mike. You can't explain to me how good Mike was. But you're going to base it off, oh, Mike's not better than him. I mean, well, he's better than Mike. And you can't tell me the stories yeah right. explain i want i need to know after seeing this documentary i need to know yeah, tell me tell me how do you know mike was better than i need to know the stories if you know since you since you're vouching i need to know i need to hear it like you said coming up we were badly we didn't have they told us badly about mike yeah. they didn't tell us everything we needed to know yeah. we're learning it here it's basically yeah. shut up he was a great yeah. player he's just a great that's yeah. all we got shut up he's just the greatest player all go to time. your room go back outside mike was and, the best and, and, and fred said it right we <laughs> never got any details and now we're we just all it all, only thing we got and i know i got it oh he's just the greatest basketball player yeah. of all time yeah. it's not even close. why yeah. what did he do you 2016. Let's watch this tape together. Here it is. So I can break down to you what happened in this time. What we all yeah. was doing. What we all was thinking. Yeah. And how credit went to whoever to Bronny Junior. Who yeah, whoever's next. The league in the next ten yeah, years. Yeah, yeah. you're right. I mean, those are those those are great points, and that's a great transition and going into the Bulls versus the Knicks. Another pivotal moment in Michael Jordan's career. Yeah. Like you see, so many of the greats like go down two games to nothing. You see it all the time. You know what I'm saying? Like, when Kobe then was down two games to nothing against the Celtics that second time around, it was like, Jesus Christ, here we go again. <laughs> like, here we go again, bro. But they ruled it out. Ruled it out and won yeah. four out of the next five games and became champions. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But with this Bulls thing, the public had never seen this. And it's weird to me that they, they, they don't want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Fred said it perfectly. Bro, I didn't know the Knicks was up two games to nothing. Yeah. I knew that I, I thought the Knicks was like I thought it was Bulls one game, Knicks right. one game. No, I knew no, I knew I knew it from watching because I was able to watch it and see. So I knew they were down 2 0. So yeah, but yeah, it but was I'm, like a shock. I was like, no, oh I'm my saying, God. I'm saying like the way they put it on TV, like oh, yeah. they was getting they got blown out the first yeah, two they, games. They got blown out. Yeah, they got blown absolutely. out the first two games. And yeah. dog, Oakley, Mason, Starks, Doc Rivers, Patrick, you and them boys was loaded. Let me yeah. let me tell you something. They was a Loaded, let me tell you bro. something about John Stocks, bro. I get he the realist. Let me, bro. He the realist. This man right here don't give a he the realist bro. about what's going on, bro. He the realist, bro. Michael Jordan, you want to come? What's up, bro? Michael Jordan yes, tried to walk yes. over there. He was like, "What you gonna do? I don't know if y'all read his lips." He was like, "Bro, what's up? I'm about that. I don't care because you Michael Jordan, bro." I don't care about that. Like, bro, the Knicks was about that life, and I could see, I could see why Mike and them had to get to the point. Like, yeah, 
These boys ain't bullshitting. Yeah, that's what Mike These said. boys coming. Scotty and Mike said it. These boys coming. Yep. And we need to take care of this right now. And, 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 or we're going to have a serious problem on our hands. And that's what Mike said. Mike said we knew they was an up-and-coming team. Mm-hmm. They was loaded. They had a full squad. And they we, we knew they wanted to knock us off. But then yeah. Jordan kind of returned the form and said, but seriously, you know, when you look at it, we were clearly the better basketball player. Yeah. Like, yeah. Mike was able to kind of go right back into Michael Jordan mode. Yeah. But at the same time, giving the Knicks their respect and you're looking at this footage now it wasn't as gruesome as that Pistons footage uh-huh. but you see Scotty come to the rack and Oakley just elbow oh, him in the face yeah. and, and, and Mason coming right over the top of Horace Grant <laughs> like you seeing like the blood bath and Jordan was like bro like this is physical yeah. like this yeah. we, were, we were already battle tested for this but we didn't think we was going to see it again and uh-huh. lo and behold it's like the Knicks just reinvented but it just came down to coaching uh-huh. it came down to Phil Riley I mean Pat Riley I mean uh, Jeff Van Gundy Pat Riley and then Phil Jackson and takes uh-huh. one that's who it came down to uh-huh. and, you, and you know what I, I, I respect the Knicks because they they tried to take a page. I'm pretty sure they went back and look at film for when he struggled with the Pistons. They took a page out of the, the Pistons uh, book, and I can respect that. Yeah. But like you say, it, when it came down to coaching, and Mike said we're by far the talented team here, and they don't have a Michael Jordan. I'm I'm I, I, the Bulls. I'm Michael Jordan, so right. they don't have that. They didn't have that one player who was able to just take over. Right. Everything was just you know team team team. But Mike. Knew that wasn't going to be enough. Yeah, the the difference was with the Knicks, and you saw it clearly on the footage. They didn't know how to win yet. Okay. They had all the talent. They couldn't close out a game. They was up game three in Chicago. I mean, game four in Chicago. Yeah. They was up two games one. They was up with like forty something seconds to go, and they just blew the game. The yeah. Knicks just blew the game. Then you come back for game six. They could have won that game too. The goal three games to two, they just blow the game. You know what I'm saying? You see the defensive stance from Jordan and Pippen. Like, it's not letting Patrick Ewing even get the ball up. But the defining moment, defining moment of that game was simple. You had John Starks dunking on Horace Grant and Michael Jordan. But then later on in that game, Mike baseline. Pat Ewing and Anthony Mason down <laughs> on the block. Mike hit him with the shimmy, hit the spin, and just rise up over Ewing and dunk. Yeah. And this is my favorite Michael Jordan of all time. When he finds Ewing and looks at the camera, he's like, yeah! Yeah! yeah. Like, I love to yeah. see that. Yeah. Because it's like, that bro, that nature, was, bro. bro, that was yeah. real, bro. Like, yeah. Mike, right, like, yeah. he was, bro. Mike, Mike, bro, Mike the wanted truth, boy, that, Mike bro. wanted to kill him, bro. He bro, wanted bro. to kill him, bro. I, and if you, if you go back and look at any other Jordan footage, even when he hit the last shot, like he just give you the fist or, or maybe the Craig Elo <laughs> shot where he like throwing his hands up in the air. But dog, the way he was just screaming at the camera and Patrick Ewan couldn't do nothing, dog. Yeah. You're like, bro, that, yeah. boy, that boy got me, dog. Yeah, yeah bro. Yeah. Like, and, 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 me, and, then, and then you think about you think about all that and then hmm. everything with the Knicks and then, and, and then it all ties in too, like what was going on with him leaving the team. It was so much drama behind that series. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what it that series with him going and gambling, his gambling habits, uh, him going to the casino, leaving New York. Like it was a lot going on in that yeah. series behind Michael Jordan. Yeah, we're gonna get but to that they next, but yeah. they found they found a way to to prevail Put against the Knicks. Yeah. So Fred, what was your take on it, man, with, with mm. the Knicks just seeing that footage of them, man? Um, yeah, yeah. I think it was uh pretty great, a, a great uh Eastern. I just I see some of the finals, I see some of the series that went on back in the day. And I think that Bulls versus Lakers, when, it, when Mike won his first championship, like I would have loved to been like 
around when that series was just going on because it's a changing of the guard. Yeah. And they didn't because the Lakers went up one zip. Nobody knew that Joel was finna get them was finna get them boys out of hand and a new era was finna start. But in that moment in time, those are the moments where you don't know what's finna happen. Yep. UFC is great at doing that. You be thinking a nigga is just gonna have another five years at the top and boom, Amanda Nunez ends everything <laughs> yeah, for man. everybody mm-hmm. in the division. Mm-hmm. And one thing I wanted to say that really stuck, I don't know if BJ Armstrong said this quote during the uh, Knicks thing, okay. but he said it got to a point to where Michael Jordan wasn't playing basketball anymore. Mm-hmm. Like he was playing a different game. He was playing the winning game. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so interesting because People who've watched Kobe can identify that. Mm-hmm. People who've watched LeBron can identify mm-hmm. that. Where well, they playing a totally different game. Mm-hmm. You may be yelling at your TV and saying, why they not doing this, that, and the third? Mm-hmm. They not even worried about the basketball game. Mm-hmm. They literally worried about how this going to play out in them last mm-hmm. two to three yeah. minutes, mm-hmm. back and forth. Mm-hmm. Just keep the game close. Mm-hmm. Hell, if he... If if Kobe Jordan LeBron is leading mm-hmm. with a couple minutes, it's not a game. It's a wrap. Mm-hmm. We only get excited mm-hmm. when it's like they down one mm-hmm. or two because they got a hoop. Like, right, they got a hoop. Yeah. But if they up a point or two, come on, just trying to win. Like, come on, man, just we, trying to win. You you, 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 fin, you finna win. Yeah, classic game. You know, <laughs> you classic game with LeBron coming back three one that game seven. Yeah, that game seven wasn't about basketball, dog. When At Bron, all. when when Kyrie hit that shot, <laughs> yeah. it was still forty something seconds left. Bron, yeah. like Kyrie hit that shot, Bron was like, all right, it's over. Yeah. It's a wrap. It's it ain't over. no way we getting out yeah. of this arena. Even at that point, it yeah. was over. Bro. Yeah. yeah, it was over. Yeah. And another thing I wanted to bring, just in the context of watching how this Knicks and Bulls played out, um, before I, the Jordan MVPs, I want to say like the last nine out of ten MVPs was all centers. You know what I'm saying? The yeah. last center to win the award was Shaq. So literally, we will never see basketball like this again because they took the hand check and shit oh, out of basketball yeah. and it changed the way yep. the whole game is being played yep. to where more now it's more about your skill than the toughness. Yep. It's just Jordan was so perfect that he had all the skill yep. and gained, Detroit gave him that toughness, toughness that he needed yeah. to play in the yep. area yeah. that he was currently in. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So we will never get like that era specific it's a whole different game now yep. you know what I'm saying like if you think that they gonna sit back and let Steph Curry shoot 13 threes I don't give a fuck where he's at on the court yeah. somebody gonna come clothesline him yeah. by the stand right by the, off the three point line and, and it'll be on to your next player it's over you know what I'm saying but the game has just changed so much so that's one thing I do give to respect on the Jordan shit the way yeah, you can see that emotion who was that he dunked on because the nigga was trying to fire the fuck out of whoever it was when he had Got mad. Oh, it, was, it was you. It was you. you, you and that Mason. was the second time he dunked on you. And it was you and Mason. Oh yeah. And Mason was yeah. trying to find him. Yeah. And I seen that. And that nigga still got. The, and I seen Pippen. Yeah. It looked different. It looked like they was trying to do what Detroit was doing, but they didn't know how to win. Detroit was already winners. All right, all right. It was right. They had the rings already. They were like, nah, yeah. bro. You can. Right. They just tried to use the blueprint of the right. toughness. Right. Be tough with Mike. To Be tough with Scotty, right. and we, that probably what what for us. But they already didn't been through it and done it, it's so it. they already know what this looked like. They didn't have a winner, and like, yeah. and like the, the Knicks didn't have a Jordan like type model. Yeah. Not Jordan himself, yeah. but just a guy who can take the rock and saying. do his yeah. thing and yeah. get a bucket. Like Starks couldn't do that. I would tell him Reggie Miller would have been the perfect 
For the Knicks. For the man. Knicks. If Reggie Miller would have been on that squad, they would have oh, beat the man. Bulls. Oh, man. They would have beat the Bulls. They would have beat the Bulls. They would have beat the Bulls. Because Reggie Miller ain't had no fear. He right. did. And we sat out when the Pacers took the Bulls seven games. Yes, they Michael did. Michael Jordan's last year in the league. Yeah. Like, That's what I came yeah. with. Yeah. We going to see it. We going to see it. We going to see it. Yeah. So, hey, like, Reggie what? Miller just was, like, unconscious with it. Because yeah. we was th- we was talking about this at work. I was talking to my boy Kurt about this. We were saying, bro, we, was li- we went back to YouTube and looked. At him and Reggie Miller, like Reggie Miller didn't care, bro. Yeah, yeah. Like he went at Mike. He didn't care about that whole yeah. phenomenon yeah. and Michael Jordan. Yeah. He didn't care about that. No, Jordan ain't really have to go through the Knicks. Reggie Miller did. Yeah. 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 Reggie Miller was the one yeah. who was really dealing with them boys. Yeah. Spike Lee, Reggie Miller. Go back and watch Miller time 30 for 30. Yeah. Reggie was the one really yeah. getting sacrificed and then having to build up enough to like finally knock them boys off. Yeah. Like he was the one. Mike yeah. didn't have to deal with them like that, bro. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, but That's that, crazy, that was good, man. But I, I, I was telling back earlier, I wish we would have got more, uh, more information about that series with yeah. the Bulls and the Knicks, but I did appreciate it. Them really hitting like the points of the series that we needed to see. So uh, that was really Really good footage to see uh Bulls and Knicks uh that rivalry itself. Like Fred said, Knicks was up two no two nothing and Mike with them was like, all and, right, dog. And the thing that shocked me. And, and the thing that shocked me about that series, we know they didn't have the parts, but they had the coach. They had the coach. They had Pat the Riley. perfect coach. They had Pat Riley. Pat Riley. And I didn't know that. I'm looking at Pat, I'm like, Pat yeah, was the coach. Pat was Pat Riley was the coach of this team. Pat Van Gundy. Yeah. I was like, wow, man, this is crazy. Like, I didn't know that Pat Riley was the coach of that team. Yeah. Like I was like and, and Pat Riley was a winner before then. Yeah, champion. Championship. Yeah. And that's crazy, man. They just didn't have the gun. They didn't have a Mike like you said, they didn't have a Michael Jordan type figure mm-hmm. on the on the team to get them over the hump. Yeah. So it was great. That was that was a great part. All right, man. So let's get into the controversy, all right? We uh getting ready to wrap up here at the sports dance. We got a couple more topics on the last dance. But let's talk about the gambling. Let's cool. talk about the glam- gambling. Let's talk about the conversation with it. Let's talk about my man's Slim Buller, uh, <laughs> who Michael Jordan was hooked up with on a golf course, shooting him 60, 60 grand on losing bets and stuff like that. Ooh. So let, 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 let's talk about, and we kind of touched on a little bit that it was taking a toll on Mike and he, you know, was getting wore down. But let's just talk about the controversy. Let's talk about gambling. And if y'all don't mind, I'm going to kick it off with the gambling. I just want to say this, like, this was the weakest controversy in sports history. I would like agree, yes. the gambling, the betting on the golf course, the, the, the going to the casinos. Like this is weak, bro. This is weak. The, the coin flips that Mike was doing, y'all ain't had nothing to say about that when he was uh, coin flipping with Bob for marketing uh, in the hallway, <laughs> betting them $20 a flip. Y'all weren't having nothing to say about that. But y'all had the audacity to say that this man wasn't prepared to face the Knicks and he wasn't committed he wasn't committed to winning because him and his father and some family and friends went up to Atlantic City on their off day to go gambling and have a good time just to get out of the New York area. Like, and then you want to come back and start pulling up facts on Slim Buller because, you know, Mike owed him $60 from a golf game and stuff like that. I just feel like this whole controversy was weak and blowed out of proportion. But the most important thing that I learned from all of this was Michael Jordan was just getting wore down mentally, but he wasn't weak mentally. Yeah. Mike stuck to his guns. Like mm-hmm. he said in a documentary, was it a crime to bet money? Was <laughs> it, it was a crime <laughs> to be competitive? And he said it though. I wish I could get this on the shirt. I wasn't I wasn't addicted to gambling. I was addicted to the competition. Yeah. 
Like, that's a difference there, bro. It is. Like, he's basically letting you know, like, and David, I'll just say the best. Like, bro, those $30,000 that y'all see Mike was betting here and there, bro, that was like 20 bucks to this man. <laughs> like, 30K was nothing to Michael Jordan. It's like, you got to put yourself in his shoes. This is a top-of-the-line athlete making top-of-the-line money. You know what I'm saying? So, I think the whole controversy was the gambling. I, I The whole controversy of the gambling situation, I really think that should just be erased from the conversation of Michael Jordan because there was nothing proven that he did wrong. Now, I understand we're going to get more into the unfortunate murder of his father. And there's a lot of hypothetical conspiracy theory things going along about how his father was murdered, you know what I'm saying? In in the in the Lexus that Mike bought him with the tag on the back. Like, I'm not going we're not going to break it down here, but we're they're going to talk about that next week on episode 7 and 8. And then I'm going to give my spill on what I think about those stories what people are saying about Michael Jordan and about, you know, the way his father was killed. But the whole gambling thing, I really think it was like a waste of space, a waste of space on the document. I know you got to kind of put it out there for the people because at that time, like Fred said, at that time, it was a big deal. So what did you think about, like, just the whole charade, man, of the gambling with Jordan? <clears throat> well, this is one of the parts I was uh, really looking forward to on, on, on the doc because I wanted to see what, what was the big deal around this gambling thing. We always, you know, coming up, you, you heard about it. You've seen it on Tim TV about his gambling problems and what he was doing, the money that he was spending and the money that he was losing. But like you said, D, this was a waste of space. Like, Mike said it perfect. Like, you know, that's something I like to do. He wasn't out here sniffing cocaine. He wasn't out here beating women. He wasn't out here doing all the other things that we see some of these athletes do and have addictions and do. The man, the man was just competitive, and he wanted to, he bet on himself. Mike believed in himself so much that he said, I'm willing to bet my money on myself. And that's all he did. Like... It's nothing wrong with gambling. It's not. It's nothing wrong with with going out and and having fun with a, a, with a few friends and gambling on yourself. We do it here, me and D. We gamble. We gamble on one another. We gamble on ourselves all the time. If we doing something, we competitive. If we want to put money on it or put a smoothie on it, yeah, like bro, we bet on ourselves. It's nothing wrong with that. People do it every single day. But I guess since Mike is this figure, this everything, people got to look at it in a negative way. So I felt like after seeing that, I felt like it was a, a waste of space. The part that I was interested in was him and Slim Buller. I feel like Slim Buller has some stories. Yeah, I think he has some things that he oh, could have yeah. gave to this yeah. that we didn't know. Man, and Slim then the whole thing, right yeah. Now, and with the whole thing with having Mike go to court and testify about $57,000, like, bro, that's nothing to Mike. He's, Mike said, that's money that I owed him. You know, that's money that he, that he won for me. I yeah. was supposed to write him there because he beat me. That's part of, you know, gambling. Yeah. That's what happened. So to, to see that man, it was just really a waste of space. Mike, just a competitive person, and he bet on himself no matter what. Yeah, yeah Fred, what would you think about it, man, the, the, the controversy of the gambling and Slim Buller's introduction mm. to the uh, documentary? Well, I mean, I think it's good. Even if it is a gambling addiction, like, so what? Like, we all have an addiction <laughs> that we uh, have. One thing I can appreciate with Mike is he really hates fame. Like Michael Jordan has given us no indication that he wants to be famous. None. Like, and that's the one thing I respect about him the most. That nigga couldn't wait to retire yep. just so he could stop being famous. Yep. And he said, I just, reason. I just want to get you. He, he lets you know the, 
country simple really person he is inside West. Like, man, look, bro. I ain't with it, bro. Like, this shit almost over with, bro. Yeah. Like, coming off a three-peat, yep. bro, I'm done. I'm yep. ready to be normal. I'm ready to get out of this space, yep. out of this light. You know what I mean? But um, back to the original shit. What? The gambling. Uh, yeah, the gambling. <laughs> yeah, who gives a fuck? I mean, I, if I had a bunch of money. In the media. Yeah, yeah. I, I just think if you put that much fame and that much money like, you're gonna have to get some kind of hobby. You know what I'm saying? They just lucky it wasn't cocaine or women. Mine probably been prostitution. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, when, when I get the bag, I don't want nigga Briggs got a real, and then he got a different bitch every night. Don't say that to me, bro. I'm telling you right now why I don't have the bag. I'm in my right mind when you see me tricking three to four times out of the week. You know what I'm saying? Like, get the bag. I'm okay. I'm fine. I don't have a problem. I'm fine. You understand? So, you know, whatever. Mike, who cares? It's, it's in that dictionary. Okay. Mike has a trillion, trillion dollars. Yep. You know what I'm saying? I would love to win a million off of Mike. Yep. So, shit, hook me up with that nigga. So, it's, yeah. it's an addiction. He can afford it. Who cares? Yeah, he can, yeah great line. Right. He can't it ain't, afford it. It ain't drugs. You know right. what I mean? So, yeah. Okay, you know. cool, cool. All right, man. So, we're going to cap off the last dance with just the triumph, the, 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 uh, the biggest accomplishment that the NBA hadn't seen in a long time, I believe they say since like the early 80s with the, I think it was the Lakers or the Celtics. One of those teams had a three-peat. Um, but it was a three-peat. Uh, the Bulls take care of uh, the Lakers uh, for their first reign. They beat the Blazers uh, for their second championship. And then they take care of Phoenix uh, for their third title. And at that time, we know, we talked about it all here. We know everything that was going on. Mike was getting heavy in the head. He was getting exhausted. Just his whole life was just starting to feel like a box. But they somehow, someway pulled together to win three championships. So at that time, winning three in a row, best player in the world, most marketable player in the world, everything is just going right for the Chicago Bulls. What do you think of the accomplishment of, at that moment, the Bulls winning three straight championships, Black? Um, It, it, it was major because... It hadn't been done. Uh, Larry didn't do it. Magic didn't do it. You know, Mike was the first person to three-peat. Mm-hmm. And um, I hate to say it, but looking at that footage, you you could tell everything that Mike was dealing with was weighing on him. He didn't seem too excited about that. He didn't. He, did. I he, just, that seemed, too. he just seemed like, Whoa, out. I'm just happy it's over with. He said that. You know, I'm just he happy all that. this is over with. Like, you seen no no celebration, no happiness. Not really? Mike was, de- Mike was dealing with so much, but... What they did was historic. It had never been. It was historic. They it had never been done before. Mm-hmm. They the, the Bulls were the first team to ever do this. Yeah, in the NBA. In the, in, yeah. in the NBA. In the NBA. You know, so to see Mike not be able to enjoy it the way he was supposed to, you could tell that everything that he was dealing with way more heavier than him winning that championship. Yep. But like you said, man, the Bulls winning three like as a as a as a fan and as liking Michael Jordan, I looked at that like everything like wow, man, they did it like they three peated like. Now nobody that was at that time. Even though people were looking, I was like, "Man, ain't nothing you can say wrong about Michael Jordan." He repeated this, and it's it's amazing. Like through all the drama, through everything that was going on, being in rural news and on the, everything that was going on, they still found a way to come together and repeat. And Mike even said that he was like, "Man, it was tough." Like these practices, he was like, "I had to push through." Yeah. Mike said he said I had to find a way to push through because we still had a we still had a goal and the yeah. task at hand. Was to win another? Was to win a championship? Yeah, I I I think that uh, back then, because I remember them winning their third title as a youngster, yeah. so I remember. So looking at it now, 
and seeing all the footage of everything Mike was going through, what he went through, and for them to like go from basically like from October to June, three straight years, throw in the Olympics of playing nonstop basketball, nonstop basketball, and to be in the finals and win the title for those three consecutive years, this dude and his team was just, it, you can't, I'm sure you couldn't comprehend it at that time. It was just like, oh, the Bulls keep winning. That's probably what this thought was. They won again. They won again. But when you look at it now, how many teams have three-peated since the Chicago Bulls? One. One. One team. There's been a couple teams to get close. The Houston Rockets was close. The Miami Heat was close. But they couldn't get over the hump. That LeBron team in Miami they barely got out of there with that second title. Yeah, right. you seen, you seen the cast of characters that they had. you seen Wade diminishing game by game against the Spurs. Yeah. Game by game. And if yeah. it wasn't for the God sent Ray <laughs> Allen, Jesus Shuttlesworth, hitting that three in the corner, who knows what would have happened. And then when Bronham got back to the finals that next year against the Spurs, dog, it was an annihilation, bro. Yes, it was. It was an annihilation. The Spurs destroyed them dog <laughs> destroyed them so if you got to look at it in this proper context dog go look at the teams who had the opportunity to win three straight yeah. and the bulls actually did it and never went to a seventh game yeah. they That's never crazy, went to a seventh dog. game yeah. so it's it's just a remarkable thing to look at now and you seeing it and i think I, I have a more greater appreciation for it because you you have to be reminded i saw kobe and shaq do it mm-hmm. i saw it mm-hmm. i saw it but I still didn't, didn't give them the proper appreciation until last night mm-hmm. by revisiting what, how Mike them was doing it. Dog, Kobe was going through the trial. Yeah. yeah. Den- Denver was happening on that third repeat, bro. Yeah. That cha- Denver was happening. Yeah. <laughs> sure yeah. Like Shaq and Kobe was beefing, beefing. Yeah. Phil was threatening to retire during the season, bro. Yeah. And we don't, and, and the only reason I know this today is because I looked it up. Because you don't appreciate it. So again, going back to Mike and them, the gambling, the, the, the everything that was happening, bro, like mm-hmm. how heavy he was, like, and mm-hmm. to win another championship at the highest of in basketball was remarkable. Mm-hmm. So Fred, what do you what do you think about the three people? I want to say Carl Malone cheated Kobe out of his oh six my. reign. <laughs> like it's, I look back and Kobe should easily have six seven. Yeah, seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seven. What, what, what's the other one you counting that? Uh, That's first Celtics one. <laughs> If, if Paul Gasol and Andrew Bynum was that softest toilet paper, Kobe was averaging 38 points during the finals. And we couldn't get a combined 26 points from Paul and Andrew Bynum. I don't want to hear about his knee. So you felt like they should have beat the piss. Yes! If you look, if you look. If you look at that team, that team had no business being the Lakers. I don't care. I don't they, care. They, they had Shaq. They, they, they had Shaq. Kobe and they, in their they, pride. They still had good Shaq. Richard Hamilton. Yeah. Chauncey Billups. Tayshaun Prince should not be champions. I'm sorry. Ben Wallace should not be a champion. Rashid. Rashid. 
should not be a champion. Bro, so hold on, ding, Black. Ding. So Carl Malone and Gary Payton, you bums. Thanks, you yes. bums. Y'all cost my mans another championship. Now ding, I'm sorry, friend. Ding. The, the, the series wasn't close, though, bro. Ding, I don't care. It was their fault. It was Carl. And Carl Malone had to get bodied. He had to get bodied by Rasheed Wallace, the mailman. And Gary Payton, now he just getting crossed up by Chauncey Billups. I mean, Chauncey hey, just swinging it up. Wait, what is that? Big shot Chauncey Billups. Oh, man. I'm sorry, bro. I'm sorry. I'm about to give it to you. D, I didn't know you felt that way about that series, bro. I never knew that as long as we've been friends. I keep it down, I bro. Ne- I never knew you felt that way about I keep that Detroit it deep, series. I keep it deep down, bro. I really honestly thought that you just took that one on the chin. It was like, nah, yeah, that was what it nah, was. Nah, bro. Dog, I was Jeez. talking so much trash. <laughs> Listen, dog, when the Pistons advanced to the finals that year, because the Lakers had swept whoever it was in the, in the Western Conference. I'm, like, I'm like, oh. The Spurs. I'm like, oh. I said, okay. That's that's full straight, boy. Full P. Full P. The Lakers won the first game by 38 in Los Angeles and then win another game. I'm sorry, Fred. Go ahead. Oh, what was the question? Um, oh, the three, Pete. I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. We was talking about the three P. Um, you know, uh, we bring that up a couple um, on a couple other shows. Yeah, it's just a, it's such a hard thing to do. Like, I can't imagine because it, it adds even more than when you have to go out and win those things. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, and you know, winning three straight, the media on your ass. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was a lot uh, Mike was going through for him to pull it out. I mean, yeah, any team that could do a three P. I mean, Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson, and KD. They couldn't even make it to the well, they had the three only three years, right? They was together three years. Together three years. Right. So it's it yeah. yeah, so them niggas couldn't even stay together for, you know what I'm saying, to try to um yeah, at least that's a good uh, point. get the three. Mm-hmm. And even when they did, you see they just didn't have the, you know, the shit to get past the past the um the what you call it, the uh, Toronto. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They, they even though players got hurt, yeah. still like that's that, it happens. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like fate. And you know what's crazy about three peaks now? Mm-hmm. I'm going to say this: the game back then was so much harder. Yeah, it was so much harder then. Like the game is so much easier now. So I don't. I think it's going to be really. It's going to be really tough for these guys to really three peat now. We may yeah. see back to backs. Okay, we've seen that, but yeah. three peating. Like you say, it. D. How, how long? How many years has it been since the Lakers? Like. Oh, what, 2002, 2003? 2003. I was still in high school in 2002. (laughs) I've been out of high school for almost, what, 14-something years, 15-something years? Like, we haven't seen it in that long. A whole decade has passed and we haven't seen it. Like, (laughs) the game is so different now, and and, and that's why you got to give it so much credit now. Not just to the Bulls, to the Lakers, too, because the game still was tough in in the early 2000s. Mm -hmm. But... Like it's ri- the game was so much harder. It was rougher. It was tougher. Like you had to put a whole lot into it. Like now it's just so more. It's more finesse and this and like it's gonna be so much hard to see a team three peat. Like if you see it now in in the era that we in in basketball, it's gonna be really heroic to see it done because yeah. I don't think it's gonna be able to be done. I could be wrong. We we could see it again because we've seen it before, but I think it's gonna be a while before you see that again. Yeah. <sighs> All right, man. <laughs> bro, that, <sighs> dang, bro. Like, that really got you. It just pissed some me off, type of bro. Way, man. I, I, I keep it deep, though. 
I keep it deep. Yeah, but I really never knew that, bro. I, I thought you just deep. took that one on the chin, nah, dog. No, nah, bro, I don't. I Dang. Don't. I don't, bro. But it's cool. You know what I'm saying? You know, we got five. Wow, man. We got five. That was our sixth <laughs> one, though. That was our opportunity to get at least have six. Yeah. But anyway, I don't want to go there. So, so which one of those champions, which one of them losses you can live with? Or like, okay, well, we didn't have. We- if I had to live with one, I'd live with the Boston one. The first okay. loss. Okay. Even though I went into cardiac arrest multiple times during okay. that final. But if I had to live with one, it'd be the Boston one. Because that Pistons was that team wasn't better, bro. Okay. They had no we should have swept them, dog. We should have swept yeah. them. Ben Wallace could not hold <laughs> up against Shaq. Richard Hamilton Rip. This fool had a nickname Rip going against Kobe, bro. <laughs> Like, them boys, Chauncey, them boys hey, can't guard that boy. Hold on, I forgot who. Real? Oh, oh Chauncey. Hey, Sean Chauncey was the finals MVP. Yes. Chauncey oh. Billups is a final. Chauncey Billups is out here somewhere with a finals yeah. MVP trophy in his living room. <laughs> and, all right, so we, we good. All right, yeah, man, man. So, uh, yeah. That's a really touch, touchy subject right yeah. there. So, yeah, man. All right, man. So, hell of a show today. Hell of a show. You know, Fred got me boiling, man, about that pissing one, man. But a lot took place, man, with the Last Dance, man, episodes uh, five and six last night. A lot of information we're getting. This is why this is so great. We're getting stuff we didn't know. We're seeing things we never seen before. You see what I'm saying? And we're getting an opportunity to break it down and talk about it and shed uh, light on it, man. And, and just really giving our thoughts and opinions, man. And it's really fun to do. So thank you, sports gods, for letting this happen. So we're going to save the Attitude Era talk for WWE uh, at a later date. We're going to get PJ in here to talk about it as well. And we're going to kind of give our uh, other news, and we're going to kind of stop by UFC 49 and talk about the highlight events and other news. And then we're going to get out of here, man. So, um, great, great, great. All right, so let's get it going with the other news. Man, I'm just, my head is like pounding right now because, you know, (laughs) unfortunately I was forced to relive that moment uh, by the great uh, Freddie Bricks. All right, here we go, man. Let's get into some other news. So let's start with UFC 249 Black. UFC 249 will be taking place this Saturday at the Jacksonville Veterans Memorial Coliseum or Arena or whatever you want to call it. And me and Black will not be there. Not only will me and Black not be there, but none of you will be there either. So let's talk about the main two cards. We It's star-studded. You got Donna Cerrone and Anthony Pettis in the main event of the prelim. You got the return of Fabricio Ferdoom taking on Olenek. Alizekio Olenek That's going to be a great fight Michelle Waterson is also on this card Uriah Hard and Jacare Souza Is on this card as well You also got Greg Hardy on the card Jeremy Stevens on the card Francis Ngannou The monster heavyweight Who appears to be next But let's stop by the title fights Henry Cejudo Will be defending the Bantamweight Championship Against the returning The legend The dominator Dominic Cruz We're going for his third championship Black What do you think about Cruz and Cejudo? Man, I think uh, I think it's gonna be a good one. Absolutely. Um, we've always seen Dominic Cruz be game. We're gonna win it. Let's go. Um, we're gonna win. I'm it. gonna go Dominic. You gonna decision. take Dominic? I'm gonna take Dominic's decision. Okay. Yeah. I want Dominic to win. I know you do, cause that's, want, that's your guy. I want Dominic to win, but I don't think he will. Okay. I think Sohudo's just on another level, and wow. we, the way he dismantled T.J. Dillashaw, an elite athlete, and he embarrassed him. 
he embarrassed them. And Dominic beat TJ by split decision to win a title. I think Cejudo gets uh, Dominic out of here in four rounds. Okay. I guess here is Cejudo, TKO, retain the championship. It hurts me to say that, but I got to keep it real. All right, let's go to the main event. Justin Gaethje gets his opportunity at a spot. The main event, he will be taking on the game, the warrior, Tony Ferguson for the interim. Light, weight, strap. Black, what you think about this fight? Give me a winner. Uh, heck of a fight, man. I think there's going to be some fireworks in this fight. But I got uh, Ferguson winning this uh, third round TKO. Yeah, I think it's going to be a good fight as well. Justin Gaethje, I don't think he ready for a tournament. I think he'll be game. I think he'll be game, but I don't think he's ready. Yeah. Tony Ferguson's a different type of monster, bro. I'm going to take Tony Ferguson, knockout, second round, okay. to be the new interim lightweight championship, setting up the mega match with Khabib Nagamenov at a later date. All right, so that's UFC 249 this Saturday, May 9th on ESPN. Me and Black will be locked in. We hope you guys are locked in as well. We got return of MMA. So excited. We are very excited for that. All right, so some sad news out of the National Football League. We had legendary uh, football coach Don Shula pass away today at his home, 90 years old. Uh, legendary coach of the Miami Dolphins. Only coach to have an undefeated season. Has the most wins in NFL history. Uh, just a, 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 a pillar in the National Football League. One of the greatest coaches of all time. Uh, we want to give our condolences here uh, to the Shula family and everybody affected uh, by, his, by this loss. But Shula had a long life. He touched a lot of lives, a lot of players, a lot of coaches. I saw Bill Belichick, Dan Marino, Joe Montana. I've seen a lot of legends come out today and speak about Don Shula. Uh, Black, you got anything on Shula? Yeah, man. Uh, rest in peace, Don Shula, man. Like D said, like the only coach to lead a team to an undefeated season. Yeah. And uh, Dan Marino wasn't the quarterback. No, he yet. wasn't. He wasn't. So, um, yeah, man, it's, uh, that's a big loss for the NFL. Uh, like you say, he touched a lot of people, a lot of football players, not only football <clears throat> players around the world he touched. And he's going to be missed in the NFL community. Yes, sir. Rest peace, Mr. Don Shula. All right, so let's keep it going, man. The NFL has canceled, has canceled the overseas games in London and Mexico. So that's right, Jaguar fans. You're going to get, you're going to get two extra home games this year because Shah Khan thought it was cool to send the Jaguars overseas for two games. But they're going to be playing them right here in the Bangham. All right. <laughs> All right. Also, the NFL will be releasing a schedule. This is a favorite time for me uh, every year. The NFL will be releasing a schedule this Thursday. 8 o'clock on ESPN. We're going to see all the Monday night football, Sunday night football. We're going to get all the games. Who's playing who, where they playing them. It's going to be great. So your favorite team is going to get their schedule this Thursday. Also, Black, I know you're going to be interested in this. Uh, Tyson Fury has called off negotiations with Deontay Wilder Jr. for a third fight. He is now aiming to fight Anthony Joshua to unite all of the heavyweight championships in Saudi Arabia later this year. Black, how you feel about that? Um... I think it's going to be dope. I think it's going to be dope. I think this is what the heavyweight division needs. One face, one champ. Yep. So, uh, looks like if not any hook, hook hiccups, we're going to be getting this fight. I'm happy. I mean, I don't mind seeing Wilder versus um, uh, Fury again. Yeah, I didn't want to see that again anyway. I, I didn't mind seeing it, but this makes more sense. Okay. Let's let the two champions get in the ring. These are the champions. Let's let them get in there. Like you said, one name. 
one face. Let's get one heavyweight champion. All right, some other news out of uh, the WWE. All right, Cain Velasquez's experience just sucked in the WWE. He was officially terminated from the WWE after that horrendous stance in the WWE against Brock Lesnar a few months back. It was definitely the biggest disappointment in wrestling history to see Cain Velasquez in the WWE ring. All right, looks like the NCAA is kind of folding under the pressure. Look like a lot of these kids will get a chance to make money off their last name. Jerseys. Uh, they'll be able to go sign their jerseys, go sign photos, go make some money off their name and their likeness. The NCAA is starting to cave a little bit. I mean, I wouldn't say they're caving. I think they have no choice. Yeah, the tide is no turning. Choice. So the NCAA is officially on the rocks. All right, some other crazy news out of Jacksonville. Telvin Smith, former Jaguars player, was arrested and charged with unlawful um, unlawful messing with someone who's under 18 years of age. Let's put it like that. So you can look at the story on News for Jax, ESPN, Bleacher Report. Uh, Telvin is uh, denying everything. He said he was told the young lady was a certain age, and the young lady saying, nah, that ain't the case. So we'll see how that pans out. Maybe he should have stayed in the NFL locker room this one to happen. <laughs> All right, next up, Andy Dalton to the Dallas Cowboys. Woo. I like the move. Insurance policy, he'll be a great backup. All you clowns hit my phone to my Dalton, the new starter. Oh, Dalton's your new quarterback. Yo, chill, bro. That will be our quarterback. Andy Dalton will be our backup. I like the move. All right. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars officially announced they will not be picking up Leonard Fournette's option. His fifth-year hmm. option will be declined. He'll be free <laughs> to negotiate and go elsewhere. We're going to pause the music right quick. Freddie Bricks, get in here. <laughs> Well, first of all, I have an announcement I want to oh, make. Oh, 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 We've been whoa, going whoa. through this. <laughs> You're listening to the sports show. You're listening to the sports show. What? What? Gangsta guys. Hey. 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 And I was like, CJ? Who was CJ? He said, CJ Henderson. I was like, oh, I forgot we had a draft. I forgot we drafted him. And he was like, damn, you already fading out. So look, listen, Jags fans. Um, I'm 30. I'll be 31 in August. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's I've I've had a great two decades hoping, hoping and wishing, hoping and praying. But I'm at the, I'm at a crossroads right now. Like a serious crossroads. Mm -hmm. You know, with my life and where I want to take my sports fandom. You know, Jags will always be my home team. Mm -hmm. But I think it's only one hope for the Jaguars moving forward. And that is getting the first overall pick for Trevor Lawrence next year. Yo. There is no other option for this franchise to survive. Mm -hmm. If they get out here and win six to seven games with Minshew, I am done. I am out. I'm completely out. Y'all can have y'all. Oh, Minshew be the future? We got to give him a chance. We have to blah, blah, blah. You let go of the best defensive back of all time. Let, let, me, let, me, let me say this. I was having this talk with Joe. Jaguars didn't go to the FC Championship on accident. You understand? Who was the best cornerback in the league in 2016? Or what was that, 17, right? Jalen Ramsey. Who's the fucking second best cornerback in the um, NFL? AJ Boy. Who's the best defensive tackle in the NFL in 2017? Calais. Who had the best pass rush in the NFL in 2017? The Jaguars. Who had the best rushing attack in the NFL in 2017? The Jaguars. Who had one of the best wide receiver cores? The Jacksonville Jaguars. You have none of that here. Gangsta 
So yes. I understand you got spoiled. <laughs> hey, hey, we just put the pieces back together. We can get back to the dance. No, you can't, motherfucker. You need somebody like Trevor Lawrence. Trevor, men, I love Minshew. But if you want to be an eight, nine win team and put your hope in Marone in the guys, you can have it for the next decade. The only option for the Jacksonville Jaguars to become a competent franchise in these great United States is to go <laughs> zero and 16 to secure the number one overall pick. I love Justin Fields just like his mama do, but it's one player <laughs> and only one player that will be coming out in this draft that can change the fortunes of the God. God hates the Jaguars. Jesus. He hates the Jaguars. Jesus. How Jordan hates Isaiah Thomas. That's how God looks at the Jaguars. Oh, my God. This is our one shot to become competent. Oh. So, fan base, listen, man. Minshew get out. I already know what's going to happen. Minshew going to get out here and win six games. <clears throat> and it's going to be the last six. <laughs> and you know what the fans going to say? Mm-hmm. The momentum. You know what? I, this kid may have some. Then they gonna come out the next year and win eight fucking games. And you know what the fan base gonna say? We need a running back. Cause you know what? They're gonna let Leonard Fredette's gonna be gone at this point. Mm-hmm. Then they're gonna draft another running back in the early rounds. And then next thing you know, we're gonna be at the end of a decade with an average of four wins a season, just how we are right now. How old are you again? 30. You understand me? So this is it. This is the last dance. Shout out to Michael Joy. This. This is the last dance with Freddie Bricks in the Jacksonville. After this year, I'll be speaking just as the animals. As soon as the Jaguars get good, I'm going to be in the front row because I deserve it. The Jags owe me that. I don't owe the Jaguars no more of my time. But as soon as them niggas do get competent, as soon as Sean Carr decides to sell the team to somebody who cares about the art of football and not just sitting in the bud zone drinking beers and having bitches in the pool and having Miami Marlin man come down and diving on a Thursday night while you play a color game against the Tennessee Titans and Derrick Henry who went for 493 yards. Until you get to pass this bullshit, I'm done. When I go to Jack games, I'm going to start going for the same reason you motherfuckers go. I'm going in the bud zone. I'm hollering at bitches and I'm drinking Michelob. And I don't give a fuck what's happening on the field. Long as I leave drunk and full, just like the rest of you motherfuckers. And I be rooting for Patrick Michael Mahomes in Kansas City from here on out. That's the greatest. That's the greatest. That's bite this up real quick and for all you oh my god a few people that i follow on twitter and a few people i work with i've been hearing this oh man you know what next year we could we could be bad and get a quarterback i don't want to hear shit about a justin fields over a trevor lawrence i don't want to hear that bullshit because if the jaguars pick a justin fields over a trevor lawrence i'm going to blow that whole bitch up over that stadium I'm going to go blow it up. I don't care. Y'all throw me under the jail if y'all draft Justin Fields over Trevor Lawrence. If I hear a Jaguars with the number one pick, 
selects quarterback Justin Fields out of Ohio State over Trevor Lawrence. I am going to, to jail. So all you wannabe Jaguar fans and you fans said I like Justin Fields and I want the mobile quarterback. F you. Fuck you. Give me Trevor Lawrence. I want a madman immediately in there. I don't want another Justin Fields. I don't want another Cam Newton. I don't want that. I want Justin Fields, a Peyton Manning type quarterback. And he's going to be the one to take the Jaguars to heights to where they need to be. So all of you on this train about Justin Fields, I don't want to hear this bullshit no more. I'm done. Me, I, who gives a fuck? I don't give a fuck. As long as Trevor Lawrence coming along, that's the only way I want to keep this coaching staff. If they literally say, "Look, bro, we need this quarterback, dog." Okay. I don't even want Minshew starting. Okay. Period. Oh. Straight up. I hope he get hurt the first game. Oh. Thanks, <laughs> <laughs> Um, in other news, uh, we have the Chicago Bears uh, declining the fifth-year option for Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, and on a great news note for the LSU uh, Tigers, their entire offense, every starter who played offense for LSU last year is in the National Football League. Every starter, receivers, O-line, quarterback, running back, they are all in the National Football League. And that concludes... Other news by the sports desk. <laughs> oh, man. Shout out to Hove and Rose and um, the Magna Carta Holy Grail. You can get this on Tidal, Google Play, uh, iTunes, uh, everything, you know, YouTube, all that. Uh, shout out Hove. Uh, all right. So uh, this is going to conclude episode 56 <laughs> of the sports desk. We had an impromptu rant uh, from Freddie Briggs, and then it turned into a tag team affair with Black joining in on the back end and kind of bringing it home. So I hope all of our listeners enjoyed that impromptu content from Freddie Bricks and Black about the Jacksonville Jaguars. Alright, Blake, uh, you got anything before we get out of here, man? No, man, I don't, man. Um, Looking forward to these next uh, 
seven, eight uh, episodes we're going to get from the last dance. Yes, uh, yes, yes. Looking from what we're going to be looking at, we're getting a lot more in uh, a lot of more stuff about <clears throat> Michael Jordan and him retiring and the death of his father. I'm looking forward to that. Yes, sir. Freddie, Freddie Bricks is in the building today, as you just heard. Freddie, you got anything for our listeners, man, before we get um, out of here? Nah, nah, nothing else, man. Appreciate okay. y'all joining in and getting interactive with the uh, sports desk year. You know what I mean? So, yes, sir. Yeah, got nothing else. All right, man. So, uh, yeah, this is a great episode, man. Hope y'all enjoyed it once again. Of course, it's episode 56. Um, again, hit us up on our socials, man. Instagram, you can hit us at Reduce on Sports. You can hit us up on our Twitters. You can find me at Dedrick L. Hicks, Dedrick Hicks Jr. And uh, you can find me there on Instagram. And you can find me on Twitter by that name. Y'all get at me. Black, where can they find you, sir? Yeah, y'all can hit me at Black, E-N-L-3, on Instagram and Twitter, man. Y'all hit me up. Yes, sir. Fred, where can they find you? Uh, Freddie Bricks. Uh, one is Freddie Bricks underscore Freddie Bricks. By the time you put Freddie Bricks in, then my profile should pop up. Yes, on sir. On all platforms. All right, man. So this has been another great episode. Shout out to the brand. Shout out to Reduce Lunch, man. Yeah, thank y'all for rocking with everything we do from the sports show to the Reduce Lunch podcast. We got a lot of a uh, lot more stuff coming, more shows, more content, man. And uh, we just appreciate y'all interacting with us, man, and getting involved and showing us all the love that y'all do. So thank y'all from Reduce Lunch. And also shout out NPN Network. Shout out Al Pete, man, and uh, everything that they're doing uh, with us involved over there. So this has been another episode of the Sports Desk, and we will holler at you. You good folks later. Is you high? Yeah. <laughs> you high. Man, hell no. Hey, bro, you listening to the sports desk. It's reduce lunch sports. You're listening to the sports show. Boy, what? What did you do in camp? Thanks to guys. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey.